What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 16. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast Blessing, Addy Oye Jr. We're old enough to drive, Greg. At 16? Yeah, I don't know if it's weeks, Bless. I don't know if it's weeks, you know what I mean? If it's weeks. Oh, 16. I mean, you know, podcasts and podcast weeks. In podcast years, years. You know? you know I mean? yeah, in episodes, nobody's quit the show. We're doing pretty well. Yeah, we're, <laughs> that's we're what it's all great. about here in podcast stuff. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Kev? Yep. Thanks, Kevin. Good to see you Thank over you, there. Kevin. Here's what we need to put on the table right away, everybody. All right. Since five minutes ago, I have been fighting a sneeze, and I think I've won. Oh, no. But just as the tra- it just as the you know the intro rolled, I was like, wait a second, how do I feel? I don't know. So it could. It's still trying to fight back. You never know what's going to happen. I'm terrified. Do you, do you want to just let it out now? No, because he's right, one, is it of one of the ones that you can force out. No, not well, working. I, I can't bring my camera up. You never force out a sneeze. That's how you can pop oh, a blood you. vessel. Uh, you can shit your pants. There's a combination there's of like, things that can happen. Way, if, you get like a, if you get a tickle in your nose, you can like activate it. You know, like no. it's, yeah, I usually stop always fight it. Always fight it. You look into the sun. You look into the sun. But you don't want to fight it. The sun's behind me. You don't want to fight it because you want you, you want to get them germs out. You know? Is that, that is true, Kevin? I don't know if that was... You're just trying to... I don't know you, if that was... You, the... you want to clean your sinuses. It's, 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 it's all getting mucky That's up, what my parents right? always told me growing up is that like you should I should sneeze so I can get the germ... Like, get that bad bacteria out. I don't sure, know if that's sure. like a parent thing that they just tell you and that's not true. But I feel like sneezing might be healthy for you. I don't know. I mean, that's why, yeah, I mean, it's healthy for you, I think. It expunges things, right? But what Kevin's saying is don't force the sneeze. Like, I can't. But why not? If I'm going to make myself sneeze. I've never heard of that, though, Kevin. I've never heard of forcing a sneeze. I've heard of holding back the sneeze, and then you blow a blood vessel. You have a heart attack. Hmm. Come too early. Yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I love you, XOXO. (laughs) It's your weekly dose of PlayStation goodness. We come to you. We talk about PlayStation. You seem to enjoy it. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can toss us a few bucks. You can watch us record the show live. You can get the show ad-free. You can participate in the show, of course, with your questions, comments, concerns, and PlayStation trophy. Uh, look-see? I don't know. We don't, I don't really know what I want to call it. Trophies and chill. Yeah, we started calling it that the other day. You know, we did do that. Um, however, if you have no bucks to toss our oh, you get the post show too. Don't forget about the post show, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. No bucks to toss our way. It's no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning. Get it there. No matter where you get it, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for letting us be part of your life. Today, we're going to talk about the PS5's reveal plan, uh, play at home, and so much more. Um, but first, let's thank these Patreon producers. Uh, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo. Uh, James Hastings, Evan Ballard, Steven Insler, Sancho West Gaming, Duval King Jabub, Cody Banks, The Secret Agent, Trent Berry, Max Blair, Julian, The Gluten-Free Gamer, Tom Bach, Nano Support, Michael Bradley, and Joseph O. Youssef. Today we're brought to you by Mint Mobile and ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, Blessing, hit me with this week's X's and O's. Gregory. Can I call you Gregory? Sure. Can I call you Blessy? Blessy. 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 Last week, Bloomberg did did what Bloomberg does, and they and they uh they did some reporting. Yes. Oh, they did that too. But before they did that, this week they got Jason Schreier. Last week they did some reporting, which means Kevin, it's time for PS Five Watch. Just perfection, I never get tired. Just perfection I never get on that tired of that graphic. 
Kevin was ready. Everything worked well. It's a miracle for PS Love You. Uh, this is what we currently know about the PS5's production. Uh, Takashi Mochizuki and Yuki Furukawa wrote this report last week at Bloomberg. And what I've done is I've condensed it down to bullet points because I don't want to go through the, the whole article because it's a lot. Because you know I'm a, a dumb-dumb. I need to get it right. Get me right to it. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm getting you right to the information. So here's the article broken down as I've broken it down here. Sony plans to produce far fewer units of the PS5 in its first year than it had the previous generation consoles launched as the PS4, according to people familiar with the matter. Sony expects the PS5's ambitious specs to weigh on demand by leading to a high price at launch. The global COVID-19 pandemic has affected Sony's promotional plans for the new device, but not its production capacity. The company may forego hosting a public press conference for its PS5 release date and price unveiling due to infection fears. Recently, it was forced to reveal its DualSense PS5 controller in a hurried fashion, according to people informed on the matter. The company has told assembly partners it would make 5 to 6 million units of the PS5 in, its f- in the fiscal year ending March 2021. When Sony released the PS4 in November 2013, it sold 7.5 million units in its first two quarters. Game developers who've been creating titles for the next PlayStation anticipate its price to be in the region of 499 US dollars to 549 US dollars. Component costs could push up the price required for Sony to break even. Sony has struggled with its price setting decision for the PS5 because of scarce components. Sony has asked employees to work from home to mitigate the spread of the virus, and its board has been unable to meet to approve business plans for the current fiscal year, including those for the PlayStation unit. That, me- that meeting was originally supposed to take place in March. And it's Sony April. Remains- and it's April. Sony remains unlikely to delay the the launch of the PS5 from the critical year-end shopping season, so long as arch-rival Microsoft doesn't push back the release of its next-generation next generation Xbox, also expected at the end of the year. Sony won't delay either. Greg, that's yeah. a lot of information there. I want to so boil good. that down. It's, it's all so good. Actually, before I... Because I have two questions here that I want to boil this conversation down oh, to. Yeah, let's, but, let's, let's blow this question wide open. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's blow this thing right open. The first question I want to ask you, Greg. With fewer units being manufactured and next-gen seeing less hardware sales at launch, what does that mean for the start slash future of the generation? Mm, mm, mm. that's a great question bless yeah um you want to tackle them one you want you want to tackle these questions one one at a time here just start with this one get into it i'm down let's, just, let's, let's start do with it. this one yeah so what does it mean to be a play no i'm kidding um <laughs> i was like oh we're getting really philosophical here it's both good and bad and i find it so fascinating right like this article First off, I mean, hats off to Bloomberg, right? Of finally getting yeah. answers. And granted, you know, is this they, all accurate? Is it not? Who knows? I mean, we, you know what I mean? I'm not saying they're yeah. lying. I'm saying like it's anonymous sources. This isn't an official of channel of information. But they've been, I want to also shout out Bloomberg because they've been doing a good job, not only like with this report, but they've had previous reports uh, of similar things, right? They're, they've yeah. been the ones who have been uh, reporting about the state of PlayStation with all this, about like, uh, I forget exactly what their previous report was, but they had a report similar to this that was talking about the details of the production um like some of the some of the details in here are even like piggybacking off of what they originally reported i want to say like a month ago they've been doing a good job um actually getting us a lot of the details of what sony's been up to 
And that's the thing. Of like, and I know we're about to get into all of this, but ch- you know, how many times we've sat here on this show and had conversations that I think point to this stuff, right? Of you know, mm-hmm. this is gonna it's gonna forego doing a public press conference, uh, which we've been talking about forever. Would that still happen? Would that what was that originally going to be the plan? Was it going to be something else? Who knows? It looks like it was originally going to be a public press conference. I digress. Mm-hmm. I think this is fascinating because it's in plain text saying it's not the coronavirus it is not the pandemic that is making fewer units of the playstation 5 right it is the cost of the internals to it and so to have only five to six million ps5s out by the fiscal year ending march 2021 right and again to compare that to the 7.5 playstation 4 uh, sold in its first two quarters is a really good move and stroke of luck i think for where we're at I think we talked about it last week, right, of as much as we love video games and as much as they're helping us all get through this pandemic and shelter in place and all that jazz, they are uh, back to this, man. Frivolous isn't what I mean, but uh, luxury good. That's still not it, but that's what I'm going to go with. A luxury good. They aren't, you know, uh, an essential item by any stretch of the imagination. And I do think that at some when you're when you are a manufacturer of a good supply and demand is always the name of the game and you want to be able to put out enough supply to satiate the demand but also leave them wanting more and have them be headlines and have you always want it to be that no matter what it is even we put up a t-shirt right we put up a t-shirt on kind of funny.com slash store we want it to sell out and it sucks that and then people come in three hours after it sold out don't get it but it does say hey there's a demand here we need to make more we have an audience this is cool and it's something cool for us to say to especially people who got it like you got a limited thing you got this cool thing that nobody else can get you want to sell out on this and i think coming off of this pandemic and hopefully coming off of it probably still being in it when this all happens in the holiday mm-hmm. there's going to be so many different factors economically in this of how long have people been out of work how long have we been forced to shelter in place how are people ready to go spend their money on uh luxury items again things that aren't essential non-essential items to this degree right to talk about a playstation 5 that's going to be 500 to 550 dollars like that for a lot of people already is a big pill to swallow let alone remembering how hard it was to make rent let alone how hard it was to get groceries let alone yeah whatever your situation is at the time and so i think having a limited number of ps5s out there makes it easier for them to sell out of ps5s makes it easier to get that headline on usa today that this is a huge success and Mm -hmm. drive up demand for it because with any console launch for the most part and i think we being one of the ones that move the fastest but with any console launch the idea is that early adopters are the ones just like you and me bless just like you person listening or watching this right now who are going to buy it pretty much regardless and then they bring it home and they show it to their friends and the family. And then they go, oh, that is really cool. Maybe I will pick it up when it gets cheaper, when I, when it's the new year, when it's, you know, whatever caveat normal people put on these kind of purchases that we don't. Where we are like, well, Portillo won't eat this week and we're getting a PlayStation 5, right? Like yeah. having that have a smaller uh, amount out there, having it be, be able to get snapped up actually works for it. Whereas if it was, let's say it was 7.5 million out there again. And I'm not saying that's an impossible number to sell. But in the current in this economy, is it? I mean, seven point five million being sold for the PS4. Like I, I, I think it's it's logical and like an easy an easy jump to say that the PS5 is not going to sell as much as the PS4 did during its launch period, right? With all the factors you just you just mentioned, um, the, the console being more expensive by itself, you know, is going to have a way on demand, as they yeah. mentioned in the article. Uh, but then also, yeah, COVID nineteen, people being more. Um, uh, People being being 
yeah, more cautious, especially with how they spend their their disposable income, right? I think that's going to play a factor. Income. That was it. God damn it. Yeah. Um, but then, like, also with this generation, this is a, this this is something that's come up before. But th- it, this generation being, I feel like, less of a hard cut than previous generations have in terms mm-hmm. of games and and, and and software coming out. Like, you know, Rainbow Six Siege is a is a big one that we've been talking about over the last few months when it comes to smart delivery and a game being cross generation and how cross generation play looks. Right? Like, I think Rainbow Six Siege is going to come out and be a, you know, a big early early xbox series x ps5 game right like that game is going to come out there i don't know if they're gonna have like a round of marketing or whatever it may be but you know that's going to be one of the leading titles to come out of uh the next launch window along with like other games that are going to be cross-gen right cyberpunk Mm -hmm. is going to be one of those um like you imagine you know i'm still of the mind that ghost of tsushima and last was two and i guess at this point we don't even like last was two might even be a launch title who knows but whether or not last was two is guaranteed whether or not it is or isn't a launch title, you know, whether or not it comes out on PS4 first, um, that is still going to be in the in the marketing for PS5, of course, right? That of is still going to be in the commercials. That is still going to be plays a best here. big, yeah, plays best here, whatever the wording may be. That said, you know, those games are all going to still be on PS4. Avengers, sure. uh, Marvel's Avengers, which is going to be the next like big games as a service game, is still going to be on PS4. Um, yeah. Overwatch Two, Overwatch Two, like is, that's a game. We don't know the, the the exact date or window for that game yet, but that's going to be on PS4. A lot of the early games this next generation are going to be cross gen in a way that I feel like is going to sell people less on needing to buy the next generation console yeah. uh, than ever before, right? I'm sure there will be <clears throat> like a launch lineup for PS5 that will have that will be exclusively for the console, right? I imagine and. I mean, who knows, right? We got to wait for the the big PS5 reveal, but say the, Horizon Zero Dawn, the not public press conference that it was supposed to be. Yeah, the likely state of play, but who knows? It's going to be a state of play because yeah. PlayStation is kind of weird with how they've been branding things state of play or not. Yeah. Um, it, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn Two could end up on PS4. Also, that wouldn't surprise me, right? And that would surprise me. You give me you. you you would surprise. You'd be surprised. I'd be, surpri- I would be, I'd be super surprised if Horizon Zero Dawn was because uh, this is not the argument we always make of well, what's in it for Ubisoft to make a PlayStation Five game? Clearly, they want to be on the place with 106 million units sold, right? But mm-hmm. PlayStation, it behooves them to say no. This is our game. That's going to be the game for PlayStation Five. All right. I was, there was an article I I want to say I read recently that was them talking about how, or maybe I'm getting this mixed up with an with an Xbox article, which actually sounds more likely. Um, but I feel like they they said recently that like the oh no this is definitely an Xbox thing yeah no I'm thinking of, I think I'm they thinking said of, Halo <laughs> is important <laughs> it's like I think they said Halo is coming out on both generations um but no I think that's probably that's probably the Xbox thing I'm thinking the of. one thing but we're either, not taking into consideration here for this uh, launch stuff and talking about five to six million and that's great because it was only seven point five on PS4 right for the first two quarters is the fact that PlayStation's in a way different place than they were when they launched the playstation 4 right the playstation 4 wasn't me a mm-hmm. culpa it was an admission of everything that was wrong uh and fixing it and that spoke again to us and you know hardcore gamers and people who are listening to podcasts like this and we bought it at launch and we were super excited but again as we've gone back and forth so much you know think looking at history here right we're for our launch titles that we were excited for were lego and a new assassin's creed like it wasn't like it had a killer launch lineup I think that it's important to th- a few months ago, I'm sure, late last year, early before we knew how bad COVID was going to be or even what it was. You figure 
I wonder if this, hey, we're only going to be able to, we're only going to be able to make five to six million, right? Because of uh, components and pricing and all that jazz. If that was them going and wringing their hands and be like, oh, fuck, man, like, come on. Like we have this 106 million units juggernaut PlayStation 4 already that people are so into, like the conversion on that should be higher, they think, or I wonder if they did think that than it would have been on PS3 to PS4 or Xbox 360 to PS4 uh, owners, mm-hmm. right? People who went out and bought it at launch. But I also think you could probably extrapolate from like PlayStation 4 Pro numbers while different. And I'm not saying it all the same thing. Uh, how many people are going to be ready to upgrade on day one kind of thing? Mm. Yeah, like I, I, I think there are, there are quite a few factors. Not even quite a few. I think there are a lot of factors that would lead for PS5 to sell less than the PS4. Did. I mean, literally, they can't sell more than the PS4 did because they're manufacturing less units. Um, but I think the reasons for why they're manufacturing less, less units makes sense um and this isn't a thing that i think is worth like i don't not say that anybody's freaking out or anything but you know i don't think this is a thing that should cause worry by any means i think this is like the one like the the rational leap given what given the price of the ps5 being higher uh but then also yeah i think it works to their favor in what you said right with covid being a case um in kind of say the world world right now you know this is this is only going to play to their favor yeah and so this, the second question I want to ask, Greg, is this. Mm. What do we think the road to the PS5 looks like, given all this information, right? We have less units. We have the the DualSense controller being revealed in, in the PS blog. Which, again, um, is course, awesome, right? We That was another hypothesis yeah. we had. of like They they say in this thing that it's shipping to developers. That's got to be why they're doing this, right? And sure as shit, yeah. in the Bloomberg article they're talking about, yeah, they were worried about it leaking. Yeah. How do you think Sony like not reacts i guess yeah how do you think sony reacts to this in the lead up to in the, their lead up to ps5 it seems like they're not doing a physical event according to this report well it seems like they're not doing a public event that's still the like there's still a million questions here right but the company may forego hosting a public press conference so i think again what i had been saying leading into this year that it was going to be come may we don't need e3 uh, we're going to do something in May. It'll be invite all the journalists, invite all people together to come to this room, to see this thing, to play the games in the next room or whatever and have a big reveal about it. And so then you have to sit it there and go, okay, as everything's changed and they've thrown that idea out, obviously, well, obviously, right, as we're probably, I mean, if, if you, we jump ahead. One, so are we sitting here with a straight face blessing and saying one month from now? Because one month from now, we would either know the date <laughs> if it's happening in May or it's happened in May already. That's the big question. And so that's what's so fucking weird is that on all the Gamescast stuff I had been saying that w- once they said fuck E3, that I was like, they're still going to go. They're going to go before E3. And I thought that meant they would go in May. And I was saying Judges Week, which is now gone too, from at least what I know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so, sorry, go ahead. When you, say, when you say going in May, right, are you still referring to them flying out press? No. Now, okay. I, well, that's what I was talking I was talking about my Gamescast predictions. And so to yeah. pull back from that of like, uh, it happening in May and being at a big, big event. It's not a big event, obviously, anymore. You're not going to be able to fly people anywhere no. and do anything with it. Not to mention that, like, even let's say that, you know, uh, May 4th, it's business as usual again in the United States. Everybody's like, cool, no worries, which they won't, but cool, no worries. Let's just keep going. I think you would see so many games journalists and press people be like, I'm not getting on a fucking plane. Sorry, I'm not yeah. doing this at all. I'm not going to go be a part of this. However, I still think PlayStation pulls the trigger there, right? Because, I mean, like, think about the domino effect of this is that 
PlayStation has to talk. Well, first off, as this uh, Bloomberg article said, and I, don't, I don't know if it was in your bullet points. It talked about uh, it going into production in June, right? The PlayStation 5s that would actually start getting produced in June. Yeah. So we are literally apples to apples talking in about the dual the dual sense. Whereas just like when I was at IGN back in the day and the fucking video of the PS3 Slim surfaced, right? As soon as this shit gets into not even the public's hands, anyone outside of Sony's hands, right? Anybody outside of the rooms who are sitting there and designing the goddamn thing. Once it's on a production line of like, this is what the PlayStation 5 is going to look like. Those images and those videos will leak online. So you are now racing that. So if it's going into production in June, we have to know before it ever hits the assembly line, what this thing looks like. And yes. so on top of that, you figure, even though the world's a different, I'm looking at a Google calendar, by the way. I also, I, I removed my laptop from my setup these days at the desk. Oh. I had a laptop here so I could type easier, but I was still mm -hmm. using stuff. And so, I was still, so I'm just using one set of computers here, which is interesting. That's why I keep looking off to the side. I know it was driving you all crazy, especially you audio listeners. Um, all right, so... We had a quick cut there, OBS crash, but I think we're, we're back and we're in a stitch. We're here. back. So the question here is still, when is, what is my, your, your question basically was when do I think this is? And I said, there's a lot of dominoes in play here, right? Mm -hmm. So again, if it's in, if, if they're going to production in June, they have to reveal it before June. So people know that even beyond that, I know, cause I know the conversation keeps coming up of, I keep talking about E3 week and so many people are like, well, and this is people, uh, uh, you know, friends, family, uh, viewers, and peers who are like, well, do you stay with E3 week for any kind of thing? Not even just video games in general. And I'm like, well, of course you do the eyes, but then also for something as complex as the launch of a new console, you need the messaging out there. You need to start getting mainstream press. You need to start telling retailers. You need to have retailers. It's the same thing of every other leak we've ever th seen through a GameStop or a Walmart where they're going to want to put those things up in their window saying, hey, come pre-order the PlayStation 5 here. Yeah. So if you're going for a holiday thing, which we would assume is October, November, probably November, uh, yep. You figure really revealing it in May and then actually spinning up the coverage. And then even beyond this, I know we keep getting so hung up on the hardware. Yeah. Think about how many games are exclusive, right? Did we crash again, Kev? No, he just said beyond. Oh, okay. Uh, think about how, how many, Kevin, I can't see the confidence monitor, so that's why I thought we crashed, just so you know. Think about how many games are going to be exclusive or have deals or some kind of content lock with PlayStation 5 that can't talk about being PlayStation 5 games yet. And so think you think about that where you're a developer and you want to talk about your game and you want to promote your game and you want to get out in the normal E3 scrum, right? But you can't even do that right now because there's nothing. So it has to be May or it has to be E3 week of June. But again, PlayStation, I, I don't think the PlayStation was like, we're not doing E3. You'll still hear from us. And then is going to say, well, E3 is dead. So we're going to do E3 week. I still think it's May. I don't know what it looks like as we've gone back and forth on. I definitely don't think there's the Mystery Science Theater 3000 silhouettes. Uh, no, like speech. I hope not. But I also don't think it works. I also don't think you want it to be so impersonal that it is just the state of play lady talking about it. But then again, it's it, we, this is what we I, go back and forth on. It's like, I also mm -hmm. don't think Jim Ryan's the guy to come out there and carry it. Yeah, that's, I mean, my thing is like, I would love for them to turn state of play into that. Like, I think state of play as it works right now is fine right because in in part of that is I, I think they've nailed it in terms of pacing right hey just give me trailer after trailer after trailer just bundle it as like a, as as a stream with a bunch of announcements i'm gonna be into it but yeah. i think it, it can still be much more right i think you can infuse it with personality i think you, i think you can grant um a sort of importance to it by linking it to a console reveal and you lift you lift the state of play brand up as a thing that people should expect and look forward to and be excited about 
that said, I don't know if that's the way that they're thinking of state of play. I feel like they, yeah. I feel like what state of play is is kind of what they're fine with it being. Um, which then, yeah, asks which begs the question of, all right, then what what does a PlayStation PS5 reveal stream look like? And I imagine at this point, it's just its own its own thing. You know, kind of like the Mark Cerny thing, but not necessarily with the silhouettes in the background and, and yeah. him on stage and all that stuff. I think it would, at least I would hope it's not like somebody on an empty on an empty stage like presenting to a a fake audience, right? I would hope that it is like a stream that does that that is more along the lines of the Google Stadia Connect, the way yeah. they they did that reveal. Yeah. Um, which also begs the question: We've talked about this before. Like, who are the personalities that you put in that video? Who are the people? Who are the voices that you that you hear? And I mean, I think it has to be a mixture of Sid Schumann and Herman Holst and oh, yeah, Shuhei great. in there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I think, like I know Jim Ryan isn't really like a a, a front facing figure for PlayStation, yeah. but I feel like they got to make him that at least at least for this year or this 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 PS5 reveal because somebody has to do it. And I, I feel I like you could do. I don't yeah. know. If, yeah. I don't know if Herman Holst is like the person they want to put in that position because that's not really his his job. Right. Yeah. He's Worldwide Studios, right? Head of Worldwide Studios. Yeah. So it's it's weird to have him do that. But in terms of uh, engaging, you because you think you want somebody who's engaging, who's charming, who's done it before, right? And like Herman obviously has been in front of the Kill Zone and Horizon audience forever, and like in the audience. I mean, those games. He's been the spokesperson for them, so he's used to going on the press tours and talking to everybody there. And I'm not saying Jim Ryan's not, but Jim Ryan is still just no offense to Jim Ryan, such a suit. He's such a suit, you know what I mean? And he's not a yeah. fun suit like Jackie T out there, right? <laughs> Busting balls or whatever and tossing microphones. So I don't know. Also, here's something else we haven't talked about, Bless, on this show. To, and correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think State of Play is dead? That's a really good question, actually. No State of Play this year. I'm looking at the State of Play. We haven't gotten a State of Play since September? December 10th, 2019. Was there one in this? Oh, before Game Awards. Yeah, I'm here. Or I'm here. Game around game awards around game awards i'm on the state of play page on the playstation thing right and oh, it's yeah because uh, it was the ghost of Shima one december 10th september 25th may 9th and march 25th so if you're right now we're already between where the the first two state of plays were being in april but then frequently asked questions when is the next state of play state of play broadcasts are scheduled to take place throughout the year stay tuned to the playstation blog and playstation on twitter for news of when the next live stream is scheduled so Throughout the year, now granted, I mean, that's ambiguous, but it also implies that were they just planning for 2019? Were they ever going to do one before then? I know they were trying it out and it was weird or whatever because it's different, but. Yeah. Interesting. And like, I mean, they didn't really have any other presence last year. You know, if you think about it, right? Like 2018 and 2018 were the years of PlayStation kind of being incognito, right? Like being Mm -hmm. like stepping away from the spotlight, not having E3 press, press conferences, you know, I, I saw a, a a thread go up um, on like I think it was reset era or something, but it, I saw it tweeted on on Twitter, and it was somebody asking the question like, or somebody pointing out that PlayStation hasn't revealed a new game since like twenty either it's twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I forget the exact year, but it's been years since PlayStation's revealed a big new game. Sure. Um, and like not, not like not like something along, and I don't know when Concrete Genie was originally revealed. I think that was like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen ish, but. If we're talking about a big, big game like Ghost of Tsushima or something along those yeah, lines, yeah, I mean, right? like, like even to, even if big, I was playing Devil's Advocate here, like, and I'm looking at the state of play, so I'm cheating. But like, what in 2019, Iron Man VR? Yeah, Iron Man VR would be the only one. And I, don't get me wrong, I I can't wait for Iron Man VR. Can't fucking wait for Predator this weekend. But that's not on the caliber yeah. of The Last of Us. That's not Ghost of Tsushima. And so, like, I could I could see the case for 
them being like, hey, state of play is just going to take the place of that presence for 2019. And in 2020, once we start ramping up the PS5, yeah. then we abandon it. Well, they must have thought, right, that maybe State of Play, maybe that was the pitch for State of Play was it was going to be, we're taking a year off of E3, we want to have our own thing, we want to own them like Nintendo Directs because they are, no offense to everybody, smaller announcements, they're smaller mm -hmm. things we're doing here. And then 2020, of course, will be PlayStation 5 year, so we'll have a big press conference, we'll have a big, like, we'll do, we're going to go to Gamescom, we're going to do whatever, we're going to have these, you know, tentpole events that will be back to more of a live thing, even though we won't be live at E3. But then, of course, Did this pandemic fucks that all up. The, que the question would be then, and we're totally like going on a slope. Uh, and, and, and Ladies and gentlemen, this is what PSI Love You is all about. All right. You're tuning in just to hear us fucking ramble about PlayStation. You don't like it, yeah. turn it off and flip over your car. But I think the next question would be do they need state of play? And in a year mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. COVID, I think that would be more like, you know, I. I, I I think that'd be a more valid question, right? If co if COVID was the wasn't a factor and they could do the, their their in person presentations and could yeah. have a stage presence and could do all this stuff, like you know, they, maybe they could bring in this is this is the thing I doubt, but bring back PSX or something like that, oh, right? Like, would is is state of play something as needed from PlayStation? I think now that COVID is a factor and people can't show up to your events and. You need to figure out marketing for your big games somehow in a way that's smart and in a way that's tight. I think you do continue. I think you continue to do state of play. Like even if your plan was to sunset it after 2019. Oh yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is though, even if your plan was to sunset it and you were done with state of play, right? Okay. Now this happens. You can't do your regular PlayStation event. I don't think, I think you just take all the learnings of state of play and you apply them to the PlayStation five reveal. And yeah. that's the thing of like, what is so fascinating about this from, you know, the video game playbook slash history book of how this year will be looked back on is everything you know about launching a console and running the most successful console on the market right now, it has to be thrown away, right? Where again, this indefinite delay of The Last of Us, this indefinite delay of Iron Man paired with we're trying to launch this console and how do you make that work? And how do we delay two of our games because we don't know what the production pipelines and everything else looks like, but at the same time, not delay the console itself of this. And it's fascinating that the Bloomberg article, right, comes up and talks about, right, Sony remains unlikely to delay the launch of the PlayStation 5 from the critical year-end shopping season, so long as arch-rival Microsoft doesn't push back the release of its next-generation Xbox. Uh, also expecting the end of the year, Sony won't delay either. Like, what a weird game of chicken that is. because. That statement yeah. there makes me sound makes it sound to me like if Microsoft came out tomorrow or if Phil Spencer just rang them up and was like, hey, and I know this is crazy, but hey, like this year's fucked, right? Like, why let's not do this. Let's not try to force this. Like, I think that's obviously out of I don't understand investors and insider trading and business yeah. and all that shit. That probably can't legally happen, but it seems to that point of it's such a weird quagmire to be in of how you do any of this and make it make sense of not understanding. Sure. I understand the last of us, you know, moves around because it's, it would have been a month from now ish. Right. And so same with Iron Man, it would have been already, you know what I mean? We were talking about, yeah. May. We're, we're talking about May and we're in April. So that makes it different. So it does beg the question that if, PlayStation is or was, or whatever is going to reveal in May or in June of this, like, 
do you have to take care of those games before you take care of the PlayStation 5? Do you have to take care of when The Last of Us is shipping and when Iron Man is shipping in before you talk about PlayStation 5? Or did you do a PlayStation 5 event? You're like, we're confident we can get the PlayStation 5 out to everybody and do it. And that's why we're releasing Last of Us on the same day. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what, you know what I mean? Like, I think the road to, you ask, you know, what do I think the road to PlayStation 5 looks like given this report? Like, it looks as foggy as it looks when we didn't know this stuff confirmed. And now yeah. having this stuff confirmed, it does still make me think that the industry is on pause. Like we have paused the industry. And like, granted, a lot of stuff still happens. There's a lot of games still coming out. I'm not saying that. But like for these big decisions, for these big games, we are just sitting here like, all right, what, what do we do? What yeah, and it very, much seems, it, it very much seems like, you know, PlayStation doesn't even, it doesn't even really know the road right, right now. Right. And they're they're in the process of figuring that out. When we talked about that, about, you know, the last of us and uh, Iron Man delays or when they initially happened on the special episode, right? Of like, what's so shocking here is it's literally them going, we don't know. It's the adults in the room saying, we don't know what happens next and we don't know what to do exactly. And that's so crazy. Yeah. Jamie S writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. That's the question, Greg. Uh, Jamie S. writes, Hello, Greg and Blessing. Last week's Bloomberg report stated that the PS5 is likely to sell between $499 and $549 at launch and that Sony expecting this high price point to limit demand is reducing the, the number of units manufactured. If PS5 launches with a reduced number of units and a $549 price point this fall, can it still be successful for Sony? Given the state of the economy and possibility that new software may also be limited, this, uh, the whole thing is seeming like a very uphill ba battle. Yes, it can still be successful. I think, of course, we're talking about this being a marathon and not a sprint. And I'm probably, you know, I, I feel like I uh, go back and forth all the time on either being too alarmist or too nonchalant about everything. Because it does, I talk about all the time, like, oh, man, the world's changed and it's going to continue to be changed, you know, like in, in a 9-11 kind of way. But... I wonder, uh, and then I think about like the PlayStation 5's life cycle, you know, and it's 10 year plan. It's, you know, seven year yeah. life cycle, whatever you want to call it of, well, clearly we'll get back to it and everybody's going to want to play video games and they're going to buy the system. Right. I don't know for sure, but I think that now if you're talking about just at launch, I think it's back to how we talked about at the top of the show, right. Of, I think it plays in their favor having fewer units out there at a more expensive price point. Cause again, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk to sell 5,000 or 5,000 5, uh, probably pretty easy actually <laughs> 5 million, right at $550. But I also don't think that's impossible. I don't think that's crazy. I think that there is, there's this not haves and have nots, I don't think, but there is this, Hey, I'm stuck at home and I still have disposable income and I am still able to work. And so clearly, yes, I want the best looking game on the best looking TV on the, with the fastest load times for as much as gaming means to me versus the, Hey, I haven't been able to work my normal amount of hours or at all. I'm on unemployment. I can't pay for any, I can't pay for a brand new console. And I think that's again, the, you know, equation that comes in of how many consoles is the right amount of consoles to have out there, let alone we're talking about a worldwide thing here. So start spreading, you know, five, to 6 million out amongst, you know, all the different countries that you're shipping in. If you are shipping, you know, in it's a global release or if they're going back to territories and it is going to be US, UK and Japan or North America, UK and Japan, something like that. I think as you start really splitting it up, you're going to see them move those limited compared to PS4 uh, units quickly. And so to the question, if PS5 launches with a reduced number of units and a $550 price point this fall, can it still be successful? It can. Um, I think even if it is, even if it's that limited, you they're going to get bought up, right? Like, I feel like 
to what you said earlier, bless of this being such a not incremental, right? But you know, and, you know, they keep talking about revolution versus evolution thing, but having it be a doubling down on what PlayStation Four is and why we like PlayStation Four, and like this is the even better souped up, does a whole bunch of crazy shit models. That that messaging works so much better than the PS2 to PS3 switch in the 599 US dollars that fucked the PS3, right? Like, I feel like, again, you're in such a different point of view of Cerny's presentation was scientific of why this is better. This is a better machine than the last machine. And if you want, and it's, you know, right now, at least for the most part, right, not a gun to your head moment. And even if, so the, even if it does come out at 550 and the only true exclusive on it is Horizon Zero Dawn 2, like, it's that, okay, cool, I have a PlayStation 4 now and I don't feel pissed off that you've done this. I still want to get to that. I want to get that one day. Maybe I'll wait for the next game. Maybe I'll wait for the whatever. But if you drop it with a limited number of units, 550 bucks, and you're like, it comes out the same day as the fucking Last of Us 2 and Last of Us 2 runs and looks better. I think that's a pretty much a no-brainer for a lot of people who are trapped inside their houses and want right. the best. Rafael Costa writes in and says, my question is this. With last week's rumors that PS5 will have less units available at launch, do you think Sony will release worldwide or only in certain countries? And this is something you, you touched on a little bit there. I live in Portugal and the PS4 and in the PS4 and Xbox One launch, we only received the Xbox One one year after launch. So hopefully we don't see this happening with PlayStation 5 later this year. Again, we're not, I'm not, I'm an idiot, as everybody knows. I would say as you start limiting those units, though, as you see them go below that, I would say you're probably going to see a staggered launch where I don't think it'll be worldwide. Everybody's getting units day one. But again, I'm a stupid moron. So I don't know at what point you say, well, there's this many units, which means it can go everywhere. But I think as you start trying to worry about not only, again, and I hate that it always comes back, but again, this is what we're talking about in this year and this kind of uh, uh, long division, right? Of it's not only getting it to the cons the countries that can buy it, it's then also literally getting it to the countries and the consumers. And I think as you go back to watching Square Enix ship Final Fantasy VII Remake to uh, Australia and UK early, I think as you look at PlayStation again saying Last of Us and uh, uh, Iron Man pipeline isn't working in the way we need it to to get it here. Like granted, there's a whole bunch of different pieces to that, but I think there are there is a big piece of cool we need to make sure we can move these units to the people they need to be moved to and what's happening in that country and what is yeah the covid uh, response like what is the economic ramification of that like are you know 550 dollars us is whatever it is in canada is whatever it is. like you start getting into how much and I, this is where we're way out of my element how much more exorbitant that price point is for other countries yeah i'm of the mind that both console manufacturers being Sony and Microsoft are going to do everything within their effort to make sure it's not staggered, but at a certain point, it's probably out of their hands. Like there are quotes yeah. from both uh, Phil Spencer and I'm looking at a, not a quote, but um, there's a statement in this blue, in this Bloomberg article that reads PlayStation chief Jim Ryan has stressed that the machine's launch should be simultaneous uh, around the globe, according okay. to people in the company's supply chain, right? Like, I, it seems like it's very much like a priority for both companies to make okay. sure that the launch isn't staggered. Um, I know Phil, in this Phil Spencer quote, I read it a few weeks ago on KFGD, it was, he was saying something along the lines of, like, we've seen what happens when we launch later in Japan, right? And we just lo we lose that ground, we lose that audience. Um, mm -hmm. And I think both companies are very aware that they don't want that to happen. But, like... At a certain point, things are likely to get, or not likely, but things can very easily get out of their hands. And yeah, and it gets sticky. You have to see what it is, and like it is that 
reading pre-orders and stuff and all stores again a manner of business that i'm just not equipped to talk about but i at this year and how crazy 2020 has been four months in i don't put anything past anything greg yeah are you ready to move on to item number two blessing i'm ready to go wherever you want to go as long as it's predator hunting grounds because i want to play some predator when do when is that when do we get access to that friday baby friday we plan we getting in there yeah we're playing Okay, I'm ready. Uh, here's the thing. I don't. I don't I'll, I'll tell you here. I'll show you how the sausages get made, ladies and gentlemen. We have on the books to do a first impression stream Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can come. On, you can come be on that if you want. But oh, I'm down. Here's the thing, everybody, is that, and I love them to death. Don't get me wrong. We saw them. We saw Predator uh, struggle a bit when it was uh, launching <laughs> its beta, <laughs> and uh, it's Ilphonic who made Friday Thirteenth. I learned a long time ago not to bet on the servers actually working on launch day. So we'll see what we can actually do Friday afternoon, but. I'm down I'll to try, there. buddy. I'll be there. Good. Greg, what can we expect from PlayStation's Play at Home initiative? Uh, they announced this last week. It's essentially their response to the whole COVID, night, uh, COVID pandemic. Um, I'm pulling from a PlayStation blog post from Jim Ryan, the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, it reads, as a thank you to all who are doing their part to lessen the impact of this pandemic, Sony Interactive Entertainment is pleased to announce the Play at Home initiative. Play at Home has two components. First, providing free games to help keep the PlayStation community entertained at home. And finally, establishing a fund to help smaller independent game studios who may be, may be experiencing financial difficulties continuing building great experiences for all gamers so to support play at home playstation will try to make those occasionally dull moments more exciting by offering uncharted uncharted the nathan drake collection and journey available for free for a limited time through digital downloads from april 15th through may 5th 2020 once you redeem the games they are yours to keep regarding creative funding Independent developers are vital to the heart and soul of the gaming community, and we understand the hardships and financial struggles that many smaller gaming studios are facing. With that, SIA has developed a fund to support them during this time. We have earmarked $10 million to support our independent development partners. More information about the fund, including participation criteria, will be available made, or will be made available soon. Greg, that's all good news. Of yes, course. of course. That all I'm sorry awesome. for everybody in Germany and China, though. I don't know if you saw that asterisk. Did you ever see oh, this? Yeah, in Germany and China, that. users will have access to NAC2 and Journey for a free yes. limited time. Sorry, and, guys. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. NAC2. <laughs> fuck me. I mean, NAC2, you know, I, I've heard decent things. I've never sure, played NAC. because you're talking to four-year-olds, all right? I mean, yeah. Four-year-olds often have great taste in games. I was mm-hmm. playing Mario 64 at four years Here old. Here comes in. Uh, yeah, I was playing some DK64. It was great. Uh, I got a question here from Charles Jacobson, and I really like it. Charles Jacobson writes in to Patreon.com, so it's kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, Greetings, Greg, and Blessing. I thought it might be fun to have a thought exercise with PlayStation's Play at Home initiative, and have you two try to predict slash make the list if we pretend for a second it'll last three months or more. Uh, And then Charles has set up rules here. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't feeling the rules when I okay. read through them. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of like, because this is what Charles did, right? Charles made criteria based on the games that we've seen available. Since it's NAC 2, uh, Uncharted, Uncharted um, the Nathan Drake collection, and Journey, right? He made the rules that the games had to be on PS Plus or play, in PlayStation Publish and all this stuff. Greg, I want to scrap all that. I just want to ask, uh, or I just want to discuss me and you. Mm-hmm. Just you and me. Just, me just, just you and me. Just us here hanging out. There are three more. Let's let's say there are three more waves, right? That's not confirmed. That's not a thing. They three more about. waves. Okay. Yeah, but let's say, you know, 
in a, we live in a world where there are going to be three more waves of PlayStation games provided by PlayStation for free, you know, with the Play at Home initiative. What games do we think they should, uh, or they, they should either, they should or they will uh, make available for the Play at Home? <laughs> make up your goddamn mind. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> What what game what what games do we see PlayStation making available? And you're seeing you're extrapolating from you don't want to because I like the fact I I like Charles's criteria here right because he puts in things that guide you to how they got maybe to Uncharted and how yeah. they got to uh, this right so, uh, uh, journey. So I think on that you have to look for a bigger AAA game right and a smaller mm-hmm. but uh, you know distinctly PlayStation game right and so like. I'm going to go off of Charles's list just of games. You don't have to worry. You know, you do whatever you want. And the one, the combo that jumps out to me the fastest would be, and this is just based on the list I'm scrolling by here on here, right? Would be probably Little Big Planet 3 and Resogun. Maybe even Jack and Daxter Collection in Resogun. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, know, on Charles's list here of things that uh, apply the same way, because his qualifiers were that they were on PlayStation Plus on PS3 and or PS4, uh, PlayStation Published, and on PS3 and PS4. They can be ports remastered. They can be enhanced ports remastered, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And he has like a list of qualifying games. But he's got things on here that I find interesting, like Dead Nation, God of War 3 Remastered, Heavy Rain Beyond Two Souls. Those are good games, obviously. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I love those games, but they're too mature. Right, like I, I think Heavy Rain's got a sex scene, and you're not gonna put that out. God of War is so bloody and terif- or terrifying, uh, 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 gruesome. Uh, Dead Nation's fighting a bunch of zombies, and I, you know, Dead Nation, I can't remember if it's mature or if it's teen, but I still feel like it's too on the nose violent, you know what I mean, in a way. Whereas, like, Uncharted, uh, Nathan Drake collection, while t- rated T for teen, is a game that is fun and a movie and that that showpiece journey is that hey you can go run through this and you know explore and have this great thing and i feel like you need that kind of thing because you're thinking about both the gamer gamers and uh young kids who can't go to school right so you're looking for games i think that fit that where mm-hmm. Resogun, of course an amazing uh house mark game uh shooter we love very very much in little big planet 3 or jack and daxter probably jack and daxter obviously because then it's, it's similar to uncharted where you're getting this and it's also naughty dog but you're getting this collection of games that looks great and is great for all ages which granted i know uncharted is in i'm playing fast and loose with that rule on my own head but yeah. like last of us remastered fuck yeah last of us awesome you know tim was just asking me the other day if i could get him a code for it. i'm like no just buy the damn thing he's like oh it's only 20 bucks sure um that's great, but I mean, I don't think PlayStation wants to do this and then get the rare piece of blowback of like, wow, you, you did this for, but my and my kid loves it, but he's ten. Like, why? Yeah, why my kid are you can't play out? Heavy Rain? Huh? It's five years old. My five yes. year old can't play Heavy Rain. Yeah, he wants he wants neck too. He's moving to China for it. Yeah, I see. see the reason why I was so quick to throw out uh, Charles's um, rules, his criteria, his rules here, and maybe this is maybe actually what I'm thinking actually falls within his list because there was a game that I thought of that I feel like is would be a uh, a slam. I'm gonna say slam dunk, but I, I, I think dunk. it's the game that I could see being on the list before all these other games, and that's Infamous Second Son. Mm, um, mm, mm. and maybe maybe Infamous does fall within this criteria, and he just didn't include it in the list because Infamous Second Son, I think, has been on PS Plus before. I'll check for you, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you can check for that. But I feel like Infamous, you know, falls within within all those same. Yeah, you're right. Lines you're you right. mentioned, right? Like it's family it's friendly for the most part. You said infamous what now? Second Son. September 2017, Infamous Second Son was a, a PlayStation yeah, plus. plus game. Yeah, and it's, and it's... Oh, I think... You know what? I think his other criteria was it's on, it's on P- PS3 and PS4. Mm. Um, 
which to me was like, but you wait, know, why? Bit... No, it Uh-oh. can be and or it can be or because like got, uh, Uncharted Nathan Drake collection is on PS3. But I think his argument is that all the Uncharted, all the games in Uncharted, oh, are okay, are there. okay, fair, fair play, yeah. fair play. Um, but yeah, Infamous Second Son, like I think, fits all those criteria, right? It's that similar. Th- it's a similar thing to Uncharted, where it is like it's actiony. I think Second Son is probably rated T for teen, uh, without looking it up. Um, but it does. It definitely isn't like it's not lastless, right? It doesn't have like those mature elements that would make you go like, oh man, no, I can't let my kid play this. Like Infamous Second Son, very much. I don't know. Fits within that. It's on him at one point. You know. Man, I haven't played that game in a minute. I don't remember it's that. On scene. him. Really. But yeah, like I, I, I think it, it might be a choice you make. I can't remember if it's for me. But also, like it's, it's also an early PS4 game. Like it's a game that I think PlayStation would be down, yeah, to give for free. You know, I don't think they're, I don't team think sales are being driven that crazily for Infamous Second Son right now. No, no, one hundred percent. Um, and I saw in Charles's thing, he tossed out, you know, you get crazy and put Ratchet and Clank on there. That's an interesting one as well. Put Ratchet and Clank out there, but then it also got me th- thinking of like. Why not say fuck it and put Spider-Man out? Really? You know what I mean? Hey, it's another Man. fucking month of being locked in. You know what? Fuck yeah. Here's Spider-Man. Here you go. I I mean, I'd be down for it. I think that'd be awesome. I don't think There's they no have way though, right? I don't I mean, think they, they have it in them. They're still making plenty of money off that $20. Or they have a $20 version right now. It's, it's in the greatest hits or am I making that up? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'll check it out because I'm checking Dead Nation. I'm trying to get you a rating on Dead Nation. But yeah, like when you look at it. when you look at Journey, Knack 2, Uncharted, Nathan Drake Collection, like those are games that are not selling like hot cakes right now. Sure, Uncharted, sure. Nathan Drake Collection is probably doing fine for being the Nathan Drake Collection, right? But like, and like Journey is this Journey, right? It's a timeless classic. Um, but even still, like those aren't flying off shelves, and those are games that I think you can give away in in um not take and not hit. have it be too much yeah like not take a hit heavy rain and beyond two souls i'd also put in that camp but like you said like those games are mature um and so like you probably wouldn't want to offer those games the unfinished swan is on his list and i think that'd be an excellent game unfinished swan would be cool. great yeah that'd be the a great one, one, be, one for sure it'd be awesome and that's what people need right very a very uh, uh heartwarming game yeah I like the, uh, that that uh, Hohokam is on this list. I haven't thought about Hohokam in a while. And that's that, uh, and I'm not even trying to talk shit about Hohokam, but it's like that weird, you got to walk that line, right? Of like, we want to give you something that's not the most in demand, but we also don't want to be like, here's a game you don't care about at all. Yeah. <laughs> here's a game nobody's talking about. You've never heard. I mean, like, at least for this one, you're like, oh, I've heard Uncharted's great. Oh, I've heard Journey's great. It looks like I might have made up. I think you can get Spider-Man new for forty bucks, but I made up the fact that it might have been the greatest hits already. So outside sense. of outside of this thought experiment that Charles thought up for us, uh, what do you think is the future of Play at Home? Do you think it stops here, or do you think they continue giving us games for free? I think. I mean, I, I read it as a one-time, not a one-time thing. Obviously, I read it as a one-time thing of like, hey, this is this is a shitty situation. We understand you're all home. Here's two games that are free and here's this uh ten thousand uh yeah ten million uh dollar thing we're doing for indies yeah i read it as that's what we're doing to try to help fight covid in the way we can if if it limped on you know stay at home or play at home and all the or uh, uh the shelter in place shelter and stay. On, yeah yeah or shelter in place shelter and stay <laughs> netflix and <laughs> shelter and stay <laughs> Uh, I could, I'm not saying I, I think it's beyond the realm of possibility for them to come out and be like, hey, we're adding another game to play at home. But I think they hope that this is a one-time thing. 
Yeah, I the, the way I when I when I read the, the blog post, it felt like something that they were framing it as kind of a one-time thing, but yeah. I can easily see them doing more waves if the, if this goes on for longer. Yeah, that's kind of you know. It seems like they, they left that wiggle room in there. Yeah, they leave it April fifteenth through the fifth, right? So it's like when we get to May fifth, and then they all go away. I'm not saying they would do something on that day because you don't. Yeah, it's you can't have people expecting it. You can't have them. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'm not even going to sign up for PlayStation Plus because I don't need to or something. Or I know. I'm yeah, it seemed like I think they very much did not want to formalize in any sort yeah. of way, but leave that door open to see like what the future of it might might be depending. Yep. Now, Crit- mm-hmm. what are you gonna say? I was just going to say that's it for X's and O's unless you have something else. I was going to say, speaking of the future, let's talk about the future of this show. I can't hear about, I can't wait to hear about what you've been playing, Bless. But first, I'll tell you about our sponsors. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to support us, get your name read in the show, uh, submit your questions, get your trophies looked through, uh, get the show live as we record it, get it ad-free so you don't have to hear me tell about our amazing sponsors, but I'm going to do it anyway. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself, what are you paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Uh, Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly onto you. No joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tim noticed his mom's uh, wireless bill made no sense for her. Uh, she's a lovely woman, of course, but wasn't using near the amount of things she was paying for for it. So when we got the sponsorship for Mint Mobile, Tim, of course, put her on that, reached out, got it. It's been great for her. She gets exactly what she needs. She isn't paying for too much and it is working mint mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text with mint mobile stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use choose between plans with 3 8 or 12 gigabytes of 4g lte data Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile to get a new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped directly to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash PSI love you. That's mintmobile.com slash PSI love you, all one word. Uh, cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash PSI love you. Uh, next sponsor is ExpressVPN. Uh, so we all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until we run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Uh, so that's why a whole bunch of our friends have been using ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix. It's simple to do. You fire up ExpressVPN's app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. Uh, see, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through now. Uh, I talked about this earlier today. ExpressVPN, always been very good to kind of funny, of course. Uh, we've used them before, Kevin and myself, to use the VP- ExpressVPN app to then uh, protect yourself online, protect your private data, you know, get these secure sessions. Uh, of course, they've pivoted now. Of course, you still get that with your ExpressVPN uh, uh, app or you know service here. But on top of that, now you get the ability, or at least they're driving home the ability to change uh, your location so that, hey, you can get whatever kind of streaming stuff you want 
which is pretty awesome. Stuff like, uh, you know, new Hulu's, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. Uh, there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason uh, we like using this is that it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or a lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on your personal device or on the big screen wherever you are. If you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash you, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash you. Bless. Yes. Time to talk about what we've been playing. And the first thing I want to start with is something we played together. Fallout 76. Yeah, we did. What year is it? You know what I mean? What are we doing oh, over man. here? Uh, so the idea, of course, last week after we finished PS I Love You XOXO and we were doing the post show and we were just talking is that we need a game to play together, Bless. You know what I mean? Because yep. you refuse to play The Division. I refuse yep. to play uh, any of these weird shooters you like, like. The fighting games or the competitive shooters. Call of Duty is not weird. It's the one of the most popular games in the world. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both <laughs> ways. I've heard The Division is the most popular game in the world and you should be playing that. The season pass is great and everything. So then we both somehow stumbled into... Fallout 76 was out, Wastelanders mm-hmm. update was there, NPCs are there, uh, and we decided to actually play that. So Friday, you and I had a lovely afternoon of playing that. What did you think? I honestly was shocked by how much I enjoyed elements of it. Like, you know, I'm I'm very, like, I love Fallout. A ringing endorsement. Put it on the box. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I really like Fallout. Like, Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. Fallout 4, I really, I, I really, really, really enjoyed um fallout 76 i never even tried because one i was just not looking forward to it given all the things they had said about it knowing that there was no npcs all this different stuff i was like this doesn't sound like it's going to be a good game and then it came out and you know the reviews were not good and so i was immediately like well i'm not spending i'm not spending 60 dollars on this game that you know seems like in all ways just isn't for me yeah um and so jumping into it this last weekend i was like there, there. Immediately, I was like, "Okay, this game's kind of chugging on my PlayStation. I have a, I have a base PS4. I don't have a PS4 yeah. Pro." Um, and immediately, I was like, "Okay, this is kind of framey." Um, I was making my character, and I was like, "All right, this is an interesting like character creation tool. All this, all this stuff." But immediately, as immediately as I got out into the open world, and I like started talking to my first NPCs, you know, which is like the, that is the new content, right? Like they yeah. added in NPCs for the Wastelanders update. Immediately, I was like, "Oh man, yeah, this is giving me uh, this is giving me what I like about Fallout, right? Like, ha- like talking to characters, getting their getting a little bit of their uh, their stories, trying to trying to figure out what's going on, right? And they started talking about a, a, a treasure and all this stuff, right? Immediately, my interest was piqued. Um, ended up joining up on you, and we, me and you, kind of did our our quests together because we were on we we're in, we we're on the same quest by the time we joined up together, right? And the more and more I played it, the more and more I was like, man, I actually really want like this game like a a a multiplayer uh mmo like or mmo ish fallout game where i am existing in a multiplayer space talking with friends and uh just completing quests you know and going around and just completing quests and and fighting npcs and doing all this stuff or not npcs but fighting um uh, enemies and, and doing all that stuff i was surprised i was surprisingly like relaxed by the experience like it's weird enough how like this is a post-apocalyptic game that I'm playing during the, during a pandemic. It's weirdly <laughs> laid back in a way I wasn't expecting. Um, and yeah, like I honestly can't believe that this game existed before NPCs. Like as far as I, as far yeah. as I can tell, like the NPCs make it make a huge difference. I couldn't I couldn't imagine playing this game without 
NPCs in them. Like I really enjoy. Oh yeah, that totally. That's the thing I was telling you about when we started, right? Is that, and I guess you, for you too, uh, listener or audio or viewer, uh, is the idea that you know, I when I had Pete Hines on, we have cool friends, and we talked about it. I was like, oh man, I was thinking about restarting a character for it. And he's like, oh, you should. We read, you know, did the entire main quest or whatever. And so it's crazy to come out of that vault now and immediately have NPCs there that are there to talk to you and explain why they're there and what's going on in the world and then to roll into it. And even for me, somebody, I forget how many hours I put into Fallout 76 uh, vanilla or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Cause again, for what it was, I enjoyed, but eventually obviously the bugs and lack of stuff and disjointedness drove me away uh, to have it now be like, yeah, I'm playing through that game again with you uh, and not repeating the same things right like i'm into the, you're immediately into this wastelanders quest you're immediately into this whole treasure thing you're still looking for the overseer which was the main thing that had you out of the thing to begin with but they've now married the two so you're running through doing this one quest line that's still furthering both plots but making it seem like a coherent story and more fallout than ever before in terms of it's, it feels like fallout again whereas before it was very much talking to robots and wandering around and occasionally running into grimecraft and power armor mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah. like I had a great time that afternoon with you. And it was that same thing of, I felt like we were slowly getting up to running, you know what I mean? Where we started and going. And then by the end of it, like when we signed off, I was like, fuck, I want to play more. Like, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep uh, chasing down this quest. I want to keep fighting these things. For me, yeah. running on a PlayStation 4 Pro, it's running way better than it did. I mean, not even at launch, I feel like it's running just way better period than I last time I tried it when I was uh, right before E3 when I wanted to see what it was all about. Yeah, like by the, by the time we finished it, I, I think me, both me and you finished on on the same quest, and mm-hmm. I've been itching to play it ever since. Right, like yeah. the thing that um, that got me also was the fact that there are conversation trees and there are decisions you yeah. make, and you can you can go about like me and you ha- were on the same quest, and we had uh, an option to like go in guns blazing or go in um, by like knowing a password or like sneaking in. Right, there that, there was a mission where we could approach it with different options, and. You know, I there, there was a part where I fucked a thing up, um, and 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 you you were able to do it the way that like you're kind of supposed to do it. Yeah. Um, so if, if you've like, never if you haven't played yet, like there'll be points where you go through a door, and if it's a big conversational moment, or it can branch your story, it'll yeah. lock the other player out. Or it'll, when you try to come in, it'll ask, "Do you want to join me or do your own thing?" That way, you can branch your story the own your own way. Yeah. So I but walked. Mo- in, I was talking to the guy totally pleasantly, and I just hear you getting killed. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah that's the thing is like and even like there so the the moment i'm talking about right was the moment where we're both trying to enter a camp and you can either like tell them the password or sneak in or like yeah. try and shoot your way in and you like did you did the password thing because you saw the inter the intercom that you're supposed to speak in and you're able to, to get in that way and, and go in without a fight but i totally missed the the intercom that i'm supposed to speak speak into and so i ended up just walking in and they all of a like sudden they did not like that one bit and so it turned into a guns blazing situation um but yeah like being able to see both sides of like oh yeah no like they're actually providing player choice in a way that is actually fun and interesting and is invocative of an actual fallout experience right invocative yeah. of actual single player fallout like i was surprised about how much i got out of out of fallout 76 with this new update that um really brought me back to playing fallout 4 you know and really reminded me of the things i enjoyed about playing fallout 4 um and so i'm i'm looking forward to playing more of it um, i was gonna say that's a big question are you gonna go back to it you think i think i think i'm gonna go back to it i've been having the itch to to go back to it my main thing is i hope it keeps this up like i hope it doesn't just like like tank you know out out of nowhere because that's my big question for it too because when pete was on we have cool friends even and we were talking about it he eventually pumped the brakes to be very clear like 
keep in mind that we didn't, this isn't a, a whole new game. It isn't a, like it's, I, you know, this Wastelanders content in, you know, eventually you run out of, I assume, NPCs to talk to. And it back, it is yeah. more of the whole interacting with each other and back to, I can't imagine they scrapped all the quests from the main game of, you know, running down these AI cores or looking at these people or talking through an intercom or whatever. Like, I feel yeah. like that's still got to be there. It's just right now, this opening so good of it or whatever. And I feel that's like, my- that's my thing too. You, like you know just performance wise which is obviously be expected more than a year later right and obviously they've gone through a lot with this game i guess way more than a year later right um you know not having a chug and actually be able to get into the crafting things and get out of them super easily and i thought that was running way better i thought it was uh way more easier to scrap materials but i can't remember and that's one of those things of Am I remembering it just chugging or was it more cumbersome to do all this stuff? It feels like I'm doing the things I want to do faster. It feels like I'm not as uh, bogged down, you know, worried about caps for fast travel. Like there was a bunch of stuff I felt that nickel and dimed you the first time I played Fallout. And granted, we played in afternoon for like four hours or whatever. So it's not like I'm hours and hours in to tell you if that's a real thing. But I feel like I was having a better time with it. Or I, I definitely was having a better time with it. I was the first time around. I feel like it's a better experience, but I don't know if that's 100% correct. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, it went, I, I wanted to play more. And so Saturday, I actually booted it back up and played a little bit. But it was that thing. Oh. Of, yeah. It, well, you weren't there, which sucked because I was like, oh, mm-hmm. God, no blessing. You could have called me up. I would have played with you probably. The problem I had is I knew I didn't have that much time. You know what I mean? It was okay, one, of, yeah. and it was that thing too where I was wavering between that and Animal Crossing. So I g- jumped back in and started playing it a bit, and I didn't have you, and I don't think I was in the right mindset, and so I bounced and played Animal Crossing. So you didn't miss gotcha. any. I think I maybe did one more mission, maybe got one more, you know, level up, and then whatever. But I'm down to play more to see what's up with it and, and try to feel it out. Dude, let's make it happen. Okay. Let's All do right, it. Good. Um, then for me, uh, quick hit. Like I did the Division Two raid uh, over on twitchtv slash games. Hopefully you came over and watched me, Fran, uh, Richie, and the rest of the Kind of Funny clan do it. First time I actually finished it. We did it on Discovery, oh. which is basically easy, not the norm, not the crazy normal one where we couldn't get past the first boss back in the day. And mm-hmm. I had made the mistake coming in, blessing of thinking, well, there's it's been a, you know basically a year since this dropped and it kicked my teeth in. And now we have high, um, higher level and all this stuff's happened. Clearly, you can do this raid faster. And so we brought in a Sherpa who I was like, all right, cool. And then he ran me through all the gear stuff I needed to change out. And I was like, uh-oh, I'm in over my head. And so he walked me through that. And then I was like, now, real quick, we have you're the only person who's completed this before. Should we bring it? Should we do it on normal or should we do it on discovery? And he's like, you know, discovery, we can totally beat it. I'm thinking we can beat it in like, you know, an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I was like, oh, fuck. He's like, well, maybe two hours. I'm like, all right, no big deal. And then I was like, I'm like, what about normal? And he's like, normal, I think we could do up until a point. And I'm like, oh, let's not do that. Let's just do discovery. And so we went and playing a discovery and we were having a great time and we were just beating the shit out of this thing, having a great time. And I felt like it was easier than most real division stuff. But again, it's eight players. So if you're playing it on an easier difficulty, it's going to be easier, right? But then we got to the final section. And I remember getting to the final section and looking at the clock. And I'm like, man, I'm going to end this stream. We're going to finish this part. And I'm going to have like an hour and a half, two hours to play on this stream. Because I only wanted to go to five. And we'd been playing since three, right? So like we were talking about like four o'clock. We got there. Or no, that's not right. Two o'clock. We... Wait, no, hold on. Math. How's math work? So we got there. And I thought I was going to have two hours left to go. Okay. So I was like, this is two hours to run other shit and get season pass. It'll be great. It took us the rest of the fucking two and a half hours or whatever to beat this fucking final boss. Oh, okay. like, God damn it. And it's back to the normal thing of I respect raids in the moment. I love raids, but I like that, that fucking f- feeling in my gut of like, am I about to waste 
fucking like when, when, it, yeah. when we kept losing and it was like and you know, it's always that one thing where you know two, the second try in we almost had him like you know we you know we one of us doesn't go down it does it's not the end of it doesn't matter we're done and then after every time after that we did worse and it was just like that thing of like am i about the to name of the game waste my goddamn afternoon not being able to beat this fucking giant mech or whatever the fuck that happened but then you beat it and you feel like fucking God and you feel so good. And it's just this giant bra- like raids are such a weird thing. It's the same way I felt about destiny raids. It's the same yeah. way I felt about DC universe online raids. It's the same way I feel about this, where if you were going to tell me we're going to do the same fucking thing for that long, you'd be like, I don't know. But when you're in the moment, even when I think back on destiny Two in the raid there, right. And like when the callous dungeon, is that the one with the guy and the big fat guy in the cup? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Callus, I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember doing that with Andrea and uh, both What's Good and uh, kind of funny clan members. And like when we failed, when we just gave up after five hours, and it was still like I remember coming to bed and telling Jen it was still fun. Like I had a great time with it. It's just we didn't get anything fucking done. But to get this one done and be like, ah, cool. And I like took off all the raid gear they made me put on, put on my normal stuff, and I'm like, this is how I like to play the division. <laughs> I'm just gonna run around and do season pass shit and complete my missions and be happy yeah Good stuff, I remember, but crazy i i remember the destiny the destiny 2 raid uh the Le- leviathan raid which was the one with callus uh yeah. who's like the big guy in the with the uh was it chalice i guess yeah. um but he i the amount of time i put into that raid and the, the like the amount of time it took me to beat that raid was ridiculous like it was the first time i had actually like done something like that outside of doing like heist in gt online which is probably like the closest thing yeah um but I remember getting to the point where all of my friends had beaten the beaten the raid like separately with like other people, and it was one of those things where I was just the one person who had who had not beat it, you know, with anybody. Yeah. And it was like week two or three where I was like, "Y'all, we gotta just do this. We gotta we we gotta, <laughs> we gotta beat get it. this done. We gotta get this done and move on." Yeah. Legit, I might just spent I might I might have spent thirty hours in that raid alone. Um, it was a great time though. Like really, you really enjoy it when you're in it, but there's it's frustrating when you just can't get it down and you have to give up for a night. Like that's literally the worst feeling. Um, and then what else did I play? Oh, so this one I put on here and I already slow down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't attack me. I played a oh. fold apart, a fold apart, right? Which mm-hmm. technically is not on PlayStation. And oh. I just did a quick Google, uh, gamepressure.com where I go for all my news <laughs> says it's coming in 2021 to Xbox and PS4. So you can count this as, a preview of that i played it on switch it's on apple arcade right now as well it might be on pc i'm not sure about that uh it's that cute one from uh, a while back with the need direct where basically you do it's these two it's this couple in a long distance relationship and you have to fold the pe- pieces of paper together origami style in like these puzzles to connect them and the trailer had looked dope i had been all about it and i got home and started playing it and it didn't run well on switch which is fine because by the time it gets to playstation 4 hopefully it'll be optimized but more than anything i just didn't like the puzzles like the whole like it, it I'm not a big puzzle gamer period so I probably can't hold it against it but it was like folding things in and doing stuff I was just getting way too annoyed to the point like you can do the thing where you auto solve it and the story seems really interesting but it's like three hours from what I found online I was like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna come back to this one so oh, dang. just a heads up on that one doesn't get Greg's seal of approval for when it does eventually come to PlayStation oh. um and then blessing the final thing I played this week was freak out calamity tv that's right Oh, my, one of my game for this week's uh, 104 PSN games ranked. If you didn't know, each and every week we read through the blog, pick a game, then we uh, review it and rank it here on the thing. Um, 
me and Blessing have been talking about like doing this. We've taken your feedback on 104 PSN games ranked too. We thought we'd just start tossing them into what you've been playing and do it that way and then keep updating the list and do stuff like that. But it's weird to make it its own segment and break it out and talk forever about it when it can just fit here too. Right, Bless? Exactly. So Freak Out Calamity TV is a twin stick shooter. In the I've been playing a million twin stick shooters, it seems like, uh, this entire way through. Uh, and so... I wanted to try this one because it, it lined up with what we're doing. The idea, of course, is that it's kind of like Running Man. Like you're in this freak out calamity TV. You're in the show where you got to go through and kill a bunch of people. There's all these mutants. They'll send at you and whatever. It's got a great soundtrack. Uh, it's got I like its graphical style. The problem is that there is a screen shake on this that can't be disabled. Like when you shoot um, your gun, the screen like bumps and it literally was giving me a fucking huge headache. It hurt my eyes. And then there's screen tearing too, like a performance issue, right? And it sucks because the shooting is fun. Like the, you know, trying to figure out how to get around the room and kill everybody before they kill you is fun. You obviously have to clear out a room, then the story progresses, right? You keep going and then there's a boss or whatever. The problem is on top of the screen shake happening and hurting my eyes on top of the screen, the thing, it's got a great soundtrack. Uh, I then had it break on me twice, which I haven't had happen in a game in a while. Where Wait, break isn't how like it like boosters? I broke the fucking game and I had like I had to quit to the main menu because there was nothing else oh. for me to do. Where the first one was I beat the boss and it was like then a story moment of like we're gonna blow open the wall. They blew open the wall and I ran through the wall and it cut, but nothing happened. And so we just sat there on this weird screen with nothing happening, and then the boss respawned and just started walking around the environment. Oh, uh, so I quit exit the main menu, came back in and I got to go to the next level. Like I beat in that level, go to the next one. I was like, all right, no big deal. In that one, I had to kill a whole bunch of people. And then, you know, is you're, you're advancing and doing this thing. And it was what I wrote it down. Like, uh, I went in and I got a key from the room that I needed to get the key from. And then like the advanced dialogue screen popped up, but I didn't click it to advance it. So I, I left the room and I advanced the dialogue. And then the room that I was in walls went off and sealed it in. And enemies started pouring into that room. So clearly I was supposed to get locked in that room and then kill all the enemies and then the doors would open again. But instead mm-hmm. I was locked out of the room with all the enemies and they were all just <laughs> filling in that room. And I was like, fuck. And I was like trying to shoot through the walls or around the walls and I couldn't. And so then I quit and came back in and it was like I had to start from the beginning level again. I was like, I've seen enough. I'm good on this one. Like, again, not uh, it had it has potential. It can be patched to be great. Fix that screen uh, uh, shake that I hate and hurts my eyes. Uh, fix uh, this uh, these bugs apparently that are in there that break the game literally. But uh, other than that, don't worry about it. I'm not too worried about it. I've, again, like uh, you know, to toss in the rankings, right? Like again, I compare it to games of its same ilk or whatever, and you figure that what I had put uh, it came from space and ate our brains at number thirteen, right? Which was that a uh, twin stick shooter or whatever. I had another one, didn't I? That I did, or did I put a Rush Rover? Which uh, we yeah, I also didn't dig, but. See, it's weird because this one's broken, but I liked it more than Rush Rover. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So, uh, for ranking it, I would say uh, Moons of Madness. Interesting. I, just because it's it's it fucking hurt my eyes and I can't play it. I guess I'm gonna put it below Spartan Fist. <laughs> so that goes in at number 27 above Music Racer, unless you want to stop me. No, I won't. I won't stop you I there. You love your Music Racer or whatever. Trust me, I don't. Weston, <laughs> <laughs> what did you play this week? Uh, so I played it. Uh, I played it. I played a little game uh, by the name of Final Fantasy VII from 1997. Oh, you went back and played game. the remake. Okay. Yeah, I played, yeah, the remake of the game that are, that came out this year. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so ever since I beat Final Fantasy VII remake, I've been having an itch to like one 
ha- get more of that experience, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I love Final Fantasy VII Remake so much. And if I have if I have a complaint with Final Fantasy VII Remake is that there's not enough post game content. Like I just want to keep sure. playing that game. And so I decided like, hey, one, like I'm very curious on you know what the what the story of the original looked like, what the rest of the story looks like. I I really wanted like I'm at the point where I'm like I wanted I I want all the Final Fantasy VII story and content and lore and all that stuff just give it to yeah. me i i'm in you sold me and so i i started playing final fantasy 7 the original one which i've i've started playing like quite a few times throughout my life like i've always made it to like where you get to like not that far in like Aerith's um like flower garden in the church or whatever like usually yeah. that's where i make it to before i'm like all right i'm bored <laughs> and then i bounce out um this time around i when i started playing immediately i was like yeah man like, really i'm yeah like i was like this this is hitting the spot and it's mm-hmm. a few things right the battle system is very comparable to the battle system in the remake right of course it's very, very comparable very like, comparable it, it, it's it it's weird how well they made the original battle system translate into the new game because you know yeah yeah, even though it's way different because it's actiony and you are doing combos and you like Cloud is switching from um, his normal mode to his operator mode and you're switching between characters yeah, and doing yeah, all yeah. this crazy stuff. The the core of like the materia system is still there. Like the materia system functions pretty much the exact same way, um, and so I didn't have to like learn that. Like that that trans- translated pretty well. But then also like the there is a fluidity to the combat in the original game that i did not get until i played the new one and i, and I don't know I, I don't know what it was but like in so in the original game they have active active time i think it's called active time battle, battle. Yeah. yeah um where you're waiting it's not turn based per se but you're waiting for your time gauge to to uh, raise all the way up before you can do an attack or before you can you can act and that essentially adds yeah, like this this layer of fluidity to the combat. You know, you 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 feel like everything is always going. You feel like you have to pay attention to what's happening. You don't. It's it's not like you just sit there and wait. You know, for the animations to to happen, and then you it's your turn again, right? At all times, you're pretty. At all times, you're active, right? Because it's active time. Exactly. Battle. Exactly. Um, and so I was surprised by how much I've been enjoying the battle system this time around. You know, when we talk a lot about like games aging well versus not aging well and the different ways in which games can can age badly right whether that is through like antiquated storytelling um or um like gameplay controls not holding up or whatever it may be this battle system i feel like and granted it's easier because it's like a turn-based kind of thing but i've had no issue at this point like playing with this battle system like it feels it i've not felt any like pushback from the game you know as it like going into it in 2020 doesn't feel weird as far as the battle okay. system okay the the actual like overworld stuff and running around and talking to characters i've also really enjoyed like i and that's that's the thing where you have to put your mind in in uh 1997 you know to kind of <laughs> get around a bit because that is the stuff where it's like all right this is an old game that being the case like what I I think the thing that's really gotten me into it is seeing Final Fantasy VII Remake and seeing how kind of melodramatic it can be and how serious it can be and Cloud is how like Cloud is is badass and like you know it's very much like a modern anime ish like JRPG game. the The original game was very goofy 
in a way that games in that era were goofy and i was not expecting that and so you have you have a lot of those elements coming out and you have like cloud being more of a brat than he is like a emo soldier you have um like you have characters overall having funnier moments than they do in the remake um but the big thing for me as as i've been playing the original game is that seeing how each of the of the areas has been recreated in the remake um from the original game going back and playing it like it's it's fascinating because they don't skip a beat at all like really? each screen from the original game feels represented in the remake for the for the most part you know for those first eight hours of the original game um that they expanded out into a full experience in final sure, Fantasy sure. VII remake like it I, when I before I played the game, I think it was Tamora Hussein I was talking to, and he was talking about how like if you go back and play the original Final Fantasy VII now, like it'll feel like it's a Wikipedia page for <laughs> remake. And yeah, like going back to it, it does feel like it is the remake condensed, but in a way where I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm ha- I'm having a blast revisiting all these places, all these things, all these events that I did in the in the remake, but like interpreted or not even interpreted because the original game came out first, but like just done in a different way, in a way that feels more condensed. Like they really really like stretched out certain parts of that game for the remake you know in ways that actually blow my mind going back to it um and so i'm having a blast i'm like way past where the remake ends how many hours you put in you think i'm out i'm about 15 hours in oh wow okay Um, you're in yeah i'm like in in and yeah like i i'm curious to see like right now i don't have any plans of stopping playing but I've noticed that since I've gotten past where the remake stops, like I've I've not felt as motivated to like be be as in it as I've been. That sure. said, like I, I think that's also a thing of I've just been playing it for so long now that and like I've you know, I pretty much spent the week playing that game. Um I'm starting to have that fatigue with it. But yeah. either way, like I plan to see to to see through this game, and I plan to play more Final Fantasy games and more JRPGs in general. Like not that I wasn't playing JRPGs before, like I've always I've always been like a casual-ish fan of JRPGs, but I've always had pushback against Final Fantasy for whatever reason. And I think part of it is like for the Final Fantasy games I've tried, they've either been old because I've tried Final, F- Final Fantasy VII multiple times, or they've been like too linear for me or just not like not doing it. Like Final Fantasy XIII, I've tried and I, I couldn't get into it um, after like five hours of playing it. Final Fantasy XIV I tried and that was an MMO. It's a different kind of game. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't get into it mainly because it was an MMO, but either way, I couldn't do it. Um, but after playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and after playing or while I'm playing this current Final Fantasy VII game, like I want to play more. Like I want to try out 15. I there's a game on Wii that I played called The Last Story, which is a Final Fantasy fantasy ish game that I, I really liked. And I think that is like I'm having flashbacks to playing that game. And I think it's informing how I'm feeling right now of wanting to get into like more more jrpgs and so i have that plan right now that's kind of where, where where things are looking for me after this probably 15 but we'll see maybe 10 <laughs> yeah we'll see how many you actually commit to and go through yeah yeah but like i i tweeted on twitter or yeah i tweeted i tweeted on twitter uh this week that i've been enjoying final fantasy 7 i want to play more final fantasies and pretty much everybody has like responded saying that i should play x final fantasy final fantasy game and it's pretty much been every final fantasy game that people responded with like i got plenty of people being like oh yeah no play 10 people play saying oh no play 8 play 6 play 15 play whatever and so we'll see we'll see where that goes but so far yeah i'm really enjoying final fantasy 7 awesome that's really cool uh, i like that idea of coming yeah. back to it i i honestly dude i'd recommend if you haven't played the original and after, and you finish remake 
I recommend giving it a shot. Like, I was. It, it's I worry about it being too much. Like the, the the original never clicked for me, and I loved remake, but I loved remake, and so I just I don't want to come back and be like, all right, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah, but it's it was weirdly smooth this time around. Like originally, I, I like the, all the original times I played it, not clicked. This time, it's something different. But I also think it's just <laughs> it, it's, it's different. I, I got that hype right now, that Final Fantasy VII hype, and so gotcha, gotcha. You got to live it out. Uh, played Fallout seventy six, uh, like you said. I also yeah. played Overwatch. I've been playing Overwatch for like how, the last however many weeks. Same. I hear usual, you about it all the time. Lucy comes out of her room, says she's playing with you. Yep, yep, and having a good old time getting the wins. I'm playing as Reaper. I'm killing the game. Um, good. good. New thing. Uh, Echo, the new Overwatch hero, has been released, and uh, Echo's whole whole deal is actually I don't know what Echo's whole deal is as far as like lore or whatever. But Echo's deal as a character in the game is that she's basically an attack hero. And when she gets her ultimate ability, which is like the ability that fills up like after her gauge gets to 100. Yeah. Greg, you know Overwatch. You know what I'm talking about. Dude, I'm all about the Overwatch in the hundreds. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Once you use your ultimate ability, you copy another character's like you, you copy another character. You're like, you're like Kirby, where you transform into that character. Oh, you suck and you're basically, <laughs> you don't you don't suck them up. But, you, oh, but it is it is like she calls out like Lucio and then she turns into Lucio. And then all of a sudden, like she's an overpowered Lucio. Um She's been an interesting character to play with and against. I've not played much of her. The the time I have played as her, like she's seemed pretty powerful. Like her attacks were pretty like she's very much an attack hero. Like she'll she'll take somebody out quick. But her ultimate is like re- really the big thing that I feel like has kind of you know made things shaking shaking things up in a way that I like. Um because like I don't know, Overwatch for me is a game that I play until I am tired of it. Sure. Um, which I guess you can say about any game, but Overwatch specifically, like, but you run through cycles you know, with it, right? Where you turn, I, yeah, you, on, you play for a while, and you bounce off, like me with Fortnite. Exactly. Yeah, Overwatch is very much that type of game, and I yeah. found that Echo being thrown into the equation has spiced things up in a way sure. that I really like. And so, so far, I'm enjoying Echo in the game. I found that Echo hasn't really been ruining much. The only thing I'd say is that like the balancing of attack heroes has kind kind of gotten a bit much. You know, like there. When I, I've been playing with like Lucy, but then also Tamor, and Tamor has been pointing out a lot that like you know you'll have attack heroes that have the ability to get away, um, and like that then ends up in a lot of encounters that are people starting fights with you, but then like Reaper, who I play as, has ability where he turns into a wraith and can get away from a from a encounter, and so you'll have that happening a lot. Echo has an ability where she can basically like do a backflip away, <laughs> and so you'll see that happening a lot, and like that can get annoying um <laughs> that can get but, annoying <laughs> yeah but that's like the 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 only thing I, i'd point out okay. overall been still enjoying overwatch having a good time with it and then aside from that greg this week i shall also i want to shout out i've been playing um guilty gear strive they hadn't they had a closed beta um sure. that didn't, i couldn't play much of because the beta the online when i tried to play it was broken and mm. so that was you hate to see it you hate to see it um i also been playing blind men which is my this 104 is games. Yeah, that's my that's my game I've been playing for this week. Blind Men is a visual novel. It's like a parody of spy fiction, and so you play as Keegan, who is a uh, a nephew of a supervillain. Okay. And Keegan's whole deal in the game is that he wants to become a supervillain. He wants to join the League of Villains. Um, so basically, what he does, or what like I get. 
yeah, what he does, I'm trying to think of like what the decisions are in this game. There aren't many. Sure. There's like six choices in this game. <laughs> for this um, entire game? <laughs> yeah, for the entire game, oh, there wow. are maybe six, maybe seven, if I'm being generous, choices that you make. Um, and they're like not even like crazy choices. Like it's like two options for each choice. Um, but yeah, Keegan it wants to join the League of Villains. The way he wants to do this is he wants to uh, commit a crime. You know, that's like his whole deal. Is he, want, he wants to like do something big in order to impress the League of Villains so that he can join. Um, about 40 minutes in this game i was kind of like uh i don't know how i'm feeling about this like this is it's a visual novel right like it's it's a visual novel that doesn't seem to be doing anything special as a visual novel like it seems pretty static in a lot of its illustrations you know like i when i think of when i think of good visual novels right or when i think of what i want from a visual novel like you know i don't i don't need it to be like the most complicated like advanced like technically impressive oh, thing God, in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you want choices but, and character and story yeah i do want story and characters and choices and all that and all that stuff i also do want like in terms of in terms of the simple things right sound effects when i click through to a next dialogue thing sure right like that'd be cool uh multiple like facial expressions in my character right like i feel like keegan half the game was doing like the same he had the, he had the same pose right no matter what the emotion was and what when what he was saying um and so like it, it at times I, i'd say that blind men feels like a bare minimum visual novel but mm-hmm. the thing i will say is that there are some some songs in there in the soundtrack that i really enjoyed there are some they're like the overall aesthetic of it how like kind of cartoony but like cutesy it gives me like a kim possible ish kind of vibe okay. um you know i kind of doesn't nail it you get this vibe but you're not like into it it's not like giving you the whole spy run no because it feels if it it feels like it's just not advanced you know like i'm trying to find the right the like the nice words for it like i i, I almost want to say it feels amateur but i feel like yeah. that's almost like doing too much but it it doesn't feel like it's all the way there it feels like it's a still developing it's a still developing idea here's the thing that i will say about blind men 40 minutes in i was i was about to hang up the towel i was about to be done yep. um because you know as keegan i go to this event and my plan is to kidnap uh like this famous person and I'm like doing things. I'm talking to people. And I'm doing things. I'm talking to people. I'm talking to people. And then I'm like, all right, you know what, man? I might be done. But then I, I, I click a few dialogue choices further. Or not choices, but dialogue um, prompts Branches. further. Yeah. And things get spicy, Greg. Uh, now I'm talking to another spy, right? His uh-huh. name is like Thomas or something like that. Tommy, something along those lines. He's an American spy, right? And Tommy gets very flirty, uh, Greg. Okay. Tommy now you have my attention. Like, yeah, it starts like touching my arm in certain ways. He kind of leans into my ear, starts saying some things. Sure, sure. And that's when I was like, "Oh, I knew I was playing a visual novel. I didn't know I was playing this type of visual novel." And that's yeah. when I was like, "I'm finishing this game, this game, because I want to see where this goes." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's erotic. Hold on, I'm hanging out. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is this is getting some spicy, some spicy, spicy places." And so you have two options for men you can romance. Right. It's a, apparently it's called a boy's love visual novel, which I wasn't aware of before, but it's basically like, like it's, it's dude loving dudes. Right. It's, it's that, okay. it's that type of thing. Um, Pick your favorite so, husband like, though. Yeah. You, you, you get two options for your husband, husband though. You have an American spy and then you have um, some like Russian dude uh, who like I didn't, I didn't all care about because Greg, I was all about this American had a great smile, everything. Sure. Um, you know, got further in the game. Uh, I don't want to spoil it in case people out there want to play Blind Men. It's only like an hour and a half long. Oh, like wow. It's, okay. It's, it's pretty short. 
Um, by the time I finished it, I was actually surprised by like how I wasn't like crazy into the story or anything, story or anything like that, right? And like the dialogue didn't have incredible writing, and like in fact there were typos in the dialogue at points. But by the time I finished it, I will say I was like that was like a, a nice, small, delightful experience that has a lot of flaws, but overall, like I didn't hate my experience. Okay. I didn't hate it. You know, it, it, by the time I finished it, it kind of brought itself back <laughs> and it took erotic elements to do it. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I finished it and I was like, that was that was an interesting, good time. Now, it's a Rattalika game. Are you going to go back for the Platinum? That means it's, Frank, a, it's pretty easy. I, I think the Platinum takes like maybe 10 minutes to get because I looked up a video and the video was 10 minutes long. Craig, you can, Hell here's yeah. the thing. I'll tell you exactly how it happens, how you, how you do it. Right, because you get the yeah. different trophies based on the choices you make. And I'm looking at the trophies right now, and let me tell you, they have some erotic art for the trophies. I like this quite oh. a bit. Oh, yeah. A lot of hands. Uh, in the menu, if you press pause in the game, if you turn your, you can turn your dialogue speed all the way up, and you can you can turn it to <clears throat> auto skip. Gotcha. And so yes, gotcha. it's basically doing that. Right, it's 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 going rapidly through the dialogue, so you can get through the choices. Perfect. And so basically, you're just making the. And when I say there are six choices to make, Greg, each you're choice not exaggerating. Having, <laughs> I'm not, ex- not I'm not exaggerating, right? There's six choices. Each choice is having two options, and so this platinum trophy must take ten minutes tops, I imagine. Damn. And so, shit, there you go, I'm Greg. The blind man trophy, apparently. Blind man. Yeah, trophy. man. Uh, um, where do you want to put it on the rankings? I'm gonna put it below the Hunt Showdown, right above okay. Graveyard Keeper. Um, Since I ended up enjoying it more than Graveyard Keeper, but. So I will not number say eighteen on our list. Doesn't number even pack 18, the top ten. I cannot top 10 put it unchanged. above Hunt Showdown. Remember, everybody, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash one zero four list if you want to see the current rankings. But yeah, number eighteen, blind men pushing <laughs> Freak Out Calamity TV to number twenty eight. <laughs> you hate to see it. Uh, it's time to, to go to the it. drop though and see what we'll be playing for next week. Of course, we go to the PlayStation blog and pick uh, from the list of games as we read them what our uh, next game for the 104 PSN games ranked will be. Uh, bless you are up today since it is an even number. You get first pick. Oh. Uh, here's what we're reading. Of course, this is uh, Brett uh, Elston over at uh, the PlayStation blog. Aces of the Multiverse on PlayStation 4. Aces of the Multiverse is a game that is played in multiple parallel realities. On the one hand, we have the science fiction characters competing in an exciting tournament. On the other hand, there are players from the real their real universe and with the help of their Zlorpla smartwatch, they can unlock new characters, teams, and stadiums. All right. <laughs> Azura Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack is on PlayStation 4. Uh, Azura Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack brings the electrifying 2D side-scrolling action games Azura Striker Gunvolt and Azura Striker Gunvolt 2 to PS4 in one single package. We're going to move on. Nobody's going to pick that. That's too... I feel like that's established, right? We can't do that. Uh, Deliver Us the Moon comes to PlayStation 4. Deliver Us the Moon is a sci-fi thriller set in an apocalyptic near future where Earth's natural resources are depleted. A lunar colony providing a vital supply of energy has gone silent. A lone astronaut is sent to the moon on a critical mission to save humanity from extinction. Will you save mankind or be forgotten in the dark abyss of space? Uh, Guard Duty comes to PlayStation 4 and Vita. It lives. Discover how the story of a mysterious agent in the future and a castle guard from years past are linked in this traditional point-and-click adventure game. Uh, Under the watch of a loyal castle guard, someone has snuck into the kingdom and kidnapped the princess. A thousand years later, join Agent Starborn to save the Earth and vanquish an evil that has been around for centuries. Help Will Come Tomorrow is on PlayStation 4. 
In a Siberian wilderness, on the eve of October Revolution, passengers must survive a catastrophe on the Trans-Siberian Railway train. Manage scarce resources and stay alive in the frosty wilderness of Siberia until help arrives facing dangers, uh, their own weakness, and, above all, their own prejudice. Cerebral. Blessing. MotoGP20 comes out on PlayStation 4. It's a it's a motorcycle thing. I'm not going to read its description. You know what it is. Uh, Obey Me comes out on PlayStation 4. Set in the modern world, heaven and hell are locked in a millennial conflict for the souls of mankind. Vanessa held a lowly soul huntress in the infernal ranks, and her hell-bound companion, Monty, will tip the balance of war with their own hands. All right. Uh, Predator Hunting Grounds is out on PlayStation 4. We've already confirmed we're going to play that. Asymmetrical multiplayer. You know about it. Spuds Unearthed is on PlayStation 4. Fight to build your own Spud tribe and make your planet prosper in this hilarious action strategy game with a dash of playing God. Journey to different planets, upgrade your heroes, and create new weapons uh, for your galactic conquest. Then it's another one of those bundles which a bunch, bunch of oh, retro. Yeah. So we're going we're to toss out Super Dodgeballs out, part of the retro brawl, brawler bundle. Uh, Trials of Mana comes out on PlayStation 4. Uh, trial, well, that's... Is that too? That seems like it's too big. Yeah, that's trip, AAA of the time. People know what tri- you know? Charles Mana seamlessly bring together. Uh, Wonder Blade is out on PlayStation 4. Uh, the princess was captured by a villainous maniac again. What are you waiting for? Grab your weapon, free the princess, and save the world with those sweet combos, killer finishing moves, and devastating magic abilities. The bad guys won't know what hit them. Don't forget to wear a costume and make you to make you a one of a kind of adventure. Blessing, you get first pick. What is calling your name? Man, this seems like. Rough week. No matter what I pick. <laughs> so I'm not gonna have the greatest week. Sure. Um honestly, man, I feel like I feel like getting weird. Oh, nice. I might go Moto GP twenty. <laughs> wow. That was just unexpected, see, bless. That yeah, was just unexpected. to see what it's about. I just wanna I just wanna know. Like I mean it's about it's, a racing game, right? Cause, cause Moto, I, Moto is a thing. Like these guys they're sponsored by Yamaha in the art, right? Oh yeah, of course. But like as a as a as a kid growing up, I played a lot of like MX versus ATV, which I know crazy, is different from, from this here, but like extreme but it has sports. Wheels, game. Very similar. It has wheels. And so I want to know like what has that turned into, you know, okay. since then? Since like the PS2 heyday of MX versus ATV games. Oh, right. Kevin brought up the gameplay. Look at that. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do this one. I and plus I need a game that is actiony. After I played a visual novel just sure. last week, no, I need totally. something that is that is going to activate, you know. The, the the that side of my my brain something i can use these hands for these Those hands, hands are something you know what i mean they can't keep yeah. wrestling with ivory they gotta get out there and do something exactly uh, wrestling with ivory no resting in i don't know it's oh. like, like like ivory like you know like i remember from seinfeld when kramer's like what do you think these hands have been resting in ivory because he they were like accusing him of not be like getting i don't know i don't understand what it yeah, means i don't get that i, don't, but I, don't I, I, th- right. I thought of it like kind of like a buttermilk bath like uh uh wilbur from charlotte's web Remember that, Charlotte's Web when he's getting ready to go to the fair? That's what I thought too. But then I was thinking about it. Maybe it's chilling on a piano. You know what I mean? Ivory keys. No, they can't be. I mean, it's got, like ivory I'm soap. Sorry, but that was like, stupid. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, yeah, it's fine. No, I appreciate it's okay. you. It's okay, Kevin. I saw what you're doing there. Uh, I'm picking Deliver Us the Moon. Another. I, I obviously keep doing these weird space games, I guess. Yeah, but Deliver Us the Moon is a sci-fi thriller threat an apocalyptic near future. I remember Deliver Us the Moon coming to other platforms before this, and people talking about it. So hey, I'll try it on PlayStation Four. All right, let's see I what that's about. Oh, here it I like the art for it. 
the art is very much an astronaut on the moon. And that's that's, that's exactly a little what buddy. You, you see him like, yeah, okay, I remember this trailer, right? Him spinning out of control, shooting all over the fucking place. Wired Productions. You're on the moon. Oh, I you fucked know, up. This looks this cool. Thing. Too late. Yeah, you picked. You got MotoGP. I picked MotoGP. Enjoy your road rash without the fucking fighting, you idiot. Yeah. Because let me tell you, when they're ready to make another road rash, I'm ready to buy it. All right, cool. Awesome. We'll talk about that next week then to see where we all shake out. Um, Big Daddy Bless. Let's see over here. Now. <laughs> Little Daddy Greg, what up? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 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 Um, we got a question here. Yeah. You want to hear it? Well, I'll hear it. Yeah. The B5 writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, what is Sony's strategy for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro in a post PS5 launch world? With the PS5 presumably imminent launch at the end of this year, what do you think Sony's plans are for the PS4 family? The two previous generations had seen some extended life beyond their successors' launches. PS2 got an extra seven years after the PS3 launch, and PS3 had about 2.5 years after the PS4. Based on recent conversations at Con- on Kind of Funny Games Daily, it sounds like the PS5 is poised to launch around $500. Could Sony cut the PS4 down to one SKU and target it as a budget PlayStation and keep it in that $300 price range? If the PS4 does stick around for two to three more years, would any first-party studio actually support a cross-platform release in 2021 and beyond? Or would the PlayStation 4 serve as a third-party major franchise machine, e.g. FIFA, Madden, Assassin's Creed going forward? Thanks for all you guys do. You're killing it even while working from home. The timeline for the PS2 uh, and PS3 life cycles is this. October 26, 2000. Placed, and this is from uh, the B5, who I believe. Uh, time, uh, PS2, uh, and this is all America. Uh, October 26, 2000. PlayStation 2 launches in North America. November 17, 2006. PS3 launches in North America. Did I screw that up? January 2013, PS2 is discontinued. November 15th, 2013, PS4 launches in North America. Uh, March 2016, PS3 shipments to North America end. Uh, bless, how long is PS4 going to be kicking around after this? I mean, in terms of in, in terms of it being relevant, like I, I, I think I think we have a few years with the PS4 left because um, B, the B5 asks here, right? If the PS4 does does stick around for two to three more years, would any first party studio actually support a cross platform release in 2021 and beyond? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, like I just because the PS5 is coming out doesn't mean that everybody automatically is going to have a PS5, right? Like we talked all about yeah. in the beginning of this episode or the first segment of this episode about how they're limiting the the manufacturing supply of the ps5 right there are going to be less ps5 sold than the ps4 at least in the first few years um there's there's still a large audience that have ps4s and that will have ps4s like the ps4 surpassed 100 million if i remember correctly um and that audience is still that audience that audience isn't going anywhere right like that that is still a money-making opportunity i think it was like you look you you look back at the PS3's history of having games released for it still, and I want to say Metal Gear Solid Five came out for uh, PS3, and that was in twenty fifteen, late twenty fifteen, right? Two years after the PS the PS4 launched, Persona Five came out for PS3, I believe. Of course, Persona is always like a weird. It's a weird game when it because uh, that's also that's the thing that happened with P- Persona Four also, um, where Persona Four came. Four came out for PS2 in like 2008 or something like that, but still, like I think there's opportunity there as far as making sure, or not as as far as 
taking advantage of a large audience still having a system. Um, the thing about the PlayStation the 2 out. being supported for so long after the fact was that it was just such a great budget DVD player. You know, and that's why it got into people's houses so quickly. And then after the fact, it did become so many people. I mean, first off, they kept making PS5 or 2s and making them smaller and making them the top loader and all that jazz. But it was so easy to put that in a kid's room just to have a DVD for them to watch or in a car and have somebody have a DVD watch. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think that thing proliferated for so long. I think PS4 is going to be supported by third parties for a long time after the mm -hmm. PlayStation 5. In terms of how much longer PlayStation keeps making them, I think it runs into how what the adoption rate of the PlayStation 5 will be. That's what we're talking about, right? Like, I think PlayStation 4 was such a runaway success that it was easier to end PS3 shipments, whereas if PS4s are still selling, they are still moving the units they're putting out there, people aren't upgrading, they are buying these PS4s for whatever reason they want, you know, the library or just for Blu-rays and stuff. I think it's a different ball of wax on how long you keep it. I think it'll be around longer than the PlayStation. I think... Sony will support the PlayStation 4 longer than it did the PS3, but shorter than it did the PS2. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that makes sense, right? Because PS, I mean, PS4 has sold more than the PS3 and not as much as the PS2. And so I think that that lines up there also. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like what is Sony's strategy for the PS4 and PS4 Pro in, in a post-launch PS5 world? I think that's an interesting question. We talked about on KFGD today about Microsoft um, because we had the... The limited edition Cyberpunk 2077 version of the Xbox One that was re revealed and is coming out in June with only like 45,000 units. Yeah. Um, and people have been pointing out that like the Xbox One X has been being put on sale and all this stuff. And it seems like, you know, there, there's been talk around is Microsoft limiting supply of the Xbox One to gear up for the Xbox Series X, right? And is, and you know, is, are they trying to phase it out? to gear up for next gen playstation historically hasn't really done that no. but what they do do we see them doing that differently this time around um this question here sorry there's like a loud motorcycle outside my window uh, if okay. you can hear that it's they heard it's the moto gp crew delivering your copy oh, they're so yeah, excited they're like, somebody oh, wants to play this game. game holy shit do a wheelie over there to blessings finally a player uh well i'm sure that game does fine in our in our sect um yeah, I don't think it's I don't I don't think PlayStation just can cut it off. You know what I mean? I think it is that they want to wean people off the PlayStation 4 into the PlayStation 5 ecosystem. But I don't think you're going to see it be a harsh cut. Not to mention, again, that if the concern is the PlayStation 5 is too expensive, then you need that cheaper thing there. I do think the PlayStation 4 will get a price drop. I do think it'll become a more budget model. It's just a question mm -hmm. of how long they'll keep shipping those units. And that depends on how long or how successful the PlayStation 5 is and how quickly what that does launch at as a price point and how quickly you get that price point down, I think. Yeah. And I think depending on how things go this fall with yeah. how sales are and how how the launches and how COVID kind of affects things, like that could cause Sony to effectively like extend the PS4 life cycle, I think. Like and extend that in terms of how they talk about it and how they how they treat the PS4 in comparison to the PS5, right? Like we talked yeah. about oh, yeah. previously how um we could see like a soft launch of the PS5 this fall and then like exactly. you know, maybe maybe we, when we like say and I, I think the context we were talking about it in was like what if um maybe it was the xbox i forget i forget what the context was but it was something along the lines of like say horizon zero dawn 2 uh is planned for launch ps ps5 say mm -hmm. that game gets delayed because of the effect mm -hmm. effects of COVID and all this stuff right and say the ps5 
is still planned to come out, but they don't have that big. They don't. Sony can make it so that they have two big marketing pushes, right? Yep. The initial one with the PS5 and, and yep. them being like, "Hey, we don't have any, as many consoles, but let's do this initial marketing push. Let's get the consoles we do have out there. Let's have people owning them. Let's do all this stuff, right? And now that Horizon Zero Dawn Two is here, and let's say March, let's now have a bigger push and and really really focus on on pushing these units uh, and getting I them into more people's it. hands. I do think they're going to push Last of Us to the release of the PlayStation 5 because it's backwards compatible. Here you go. We suddenly don't need to worry about it. You're already theoretically in a story. You're already theoretically making the order for Last of Us Part 2. Don't you want it to look as good as possible? Don't you want it to run as fast and load and do it all this different the bells and whistles that the PlayStation 5 is natively doing for the top 100 PS4 backwards compatible games or whatever the fuck it's going to end up being. Like, mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, you're right. And it is that this is a step up. This is better for your games that you're already playing. It's backwards compatible. What do you have to lose kind of thing? And then, yeah, you get to, you know, when everything fixes itself and Horizon is ready or whatever launch titles are ready, you get to go out that way. And let alone the fact of what is Ubisoft doing? You know what I mean? Like, it, how, do, how does the third party next gen launch line, what, what launch lineup, what does that look like? There's a whole bunch yeah. of wiggle room there now blessing for reader mail you wanted to toss out a a segment or like a a thing we can start pulling in giving people a question to respond to what are you talking about over here yeah so i wanted to pitch a segment to you greg called uh best friends talk back because people ask us questions on the show all the time we never ask them anything back we never ask them for their answers on what they think and greg i want to be able to i want to be able to hear what our audience has to say about certain things Mm -mm -mm. and so that's why i'm pitching this segment best friends talk back that can do i guess within uh reader mail uh, and do it this way. Well, it can right. be its own segment. You don't have to worry about it. It can just be part of the ever-evolving conversational show we do. Exactly. Um, and so I don't know if you have an idea of how people can submit answers, but basically, I'm, I'm, I want to ask this question for this first edition of Best Friends Talk Back. I want to ask, what are the must-play JRPGs on PlayStation, and why? Right. And I want people to I want people to submit one JRPG that they think is a must-play on PlayStation, and tell me why that game is a must-play. The reason I'm asking this is because now that I've got this bug. Now that I've got this this itch, this Final Fantasy itch, I wanna I wanna play more JRPGs, right? Like I've 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 played games like Persona, both Persona Four and Persona Five. I played Nier Automata. All these games are some of my favorite games ever, right? And I have I have I have some past with JRPG, but you know I want I, I want y'all to get weird. Tell me the JRPGs <laughs> that I might I might not know about. Tell me about the Tales games. You know, tell me oh, about the Tales games. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because Tales of Arise is coming out soon, right? I'm sure there's some games on PS4 from the Tales franchise that people can tell me about. Um, let us know. Greg, do you know how people might be able to tell to let us know? You can. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. I've already, I've as Blessing was talking, updated the form. So now when you go there, ask a question, or kindoffunny.com slash Patreon and click on the link to get to the PS I Love You questions in April. They're there. But I'm also going to have Barrett uh, toss it on Twitter. Maybe we'll get some from there, too. I'll have Sweet. him toss it. Try to remind him. He's not watching this. Do these on Fridays, maybe. We get the best friend talk back. We get to add those in. Awesome. And so we'll, we'll, we'll take your, your answers. We'll talk, we'll talk about the best answers on the show. And that'll be the segment. Best friends talk back. Bam, bam nailed it. Hold on. So I'm going to... Here, you bring up what we're doing with the next segment. And then I'm going to message Barrett. All right. The next segment is... Our returning segment. It hasn't been here for a while, but we're back. PlayStation's greatest hits, of course... This is where we go through the last decade of PlayStation, uh, starting with 2010. We talk about each of our games of the year for that generation, um, or of that um, of that year, or games of the year of the decade. <laughs> um, starting Hang in there. So, yeah, <laughs> I totally lost myself. Uh, in 2010, right, 
I picked Heavy Rain. Uh, Greg picked Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker for Game of the Year. Uh, 2011, I picked, or no, Greg picked Uncharted 3. I picked Portal 2. 2012, uh, both of us picked Persona 4 Golden because it was the right choice. 2013, Greg picked The Last of Us. I picked Grand Theft Auto 5. In 2014, uh, we both picked South Park, The Stick of Truth. 2015, we both picked Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. And in 2016, I picked Overwatch. Greg picked Uncharted 4. Now, for 2017, this is what the competition looks like. All right. Horizon Zero Dawn, Nier Automata, Destiny 2, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Hellblade's newest sacrifice, Persona 5, Neo, Resident Evil 7, What Remains of Edith Finch, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, and Fortnite. Now, I think on a previous episode, I think I might have said that like 2016 or 2015 was like one of the best years for PlayStation this generation. Um, and you know what, man? I, I I didn't give 2017 enough credit. I always viewed <laughs> 2017 as a big switch year, but looking at the competition, 2017 was just a, a big year period. Like there's some great games, and like a lot of them were either launch exclusive for the PS5 or exclusive. Like Persona 5 is exclusive. Nier Automata was was exclusive to the P- or PS5, PS4. Uh, Nier Automata was exclusive for the PS4. Uncharted Lost Legacy, of course. Uh, Neo, you know, exclusive for the PS4. Um, it's a big PS4 year here. Greg, it is. I'm looking what through. Is... I'm just doing my homework here. Because I'm, well, okay. I'm not. Because I'm not. But I'm just making sure we didn't miss anything. I'm always afraid of missing something. But that's hot. the risk we and run. Like a 2017 game. So this is a tough year. Like this is an insane year in terms of like what are you going to pick here? Because I think there's this is where it comes back. We originally defined this as 10 episodes where we have a segment talking about our PlayStation Game of the Year for each decade. Yes, for each year of the decade. Yeah, this is the exact same thing you fucked up two seconds ago, and I fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> We're not the smartest at re- reading out what we wrote. It's not like our ago. jobs are to talk. Fuck. Fuck. I feel like there's an easy answer here, Greg, for both of us. I do too, but then it, you look at its competition, and you're like, I can't believe it's not there. What do you say is the easy answer? I mean, I think for people listening... I think there's an expected answer for 2017. And I think that answer is Horizon Zero Dawn. Of course. But I'm gonna say that's not my answer. Even though I even though I, I really enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn and I think it's one of the best games of that year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say I I don't think in fact looking at this list, I wouldn't put it at the number one. What would you put? I'm putting Nier Automata at number one. You're a crazy person. You're a fucking crazy person. Greg, how much do you know? How much do you know about Nier Automata? Uh, I've seen a lot of cosplay. Usually, a butt hanging out. <laughs> Nier, I started so, it. I started it. And I was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna go. This is difficult to me because there are like Destiny Two, right? Is another game I was thinking of, um, and that's be- that's mainly because that was my first experience with Destiny Two, and I had my experience with Destiny Two almost transcends like what that game like was and is right like the that my experience doing the callus ray with friends was awesome all that stuff hellblade soon is sacrifice of course i've talked i've talked i talk about it all the time i love hellblade soon sacrifice i think it's a technical uh achievement um persona 5 is, is persona 5 like that game is also amazing near automata i think is one of the most is probably the underrated game of this generation if i had to choose one like i think near automata in terms of what it does in terms of narrative and story i think is magnificent um the the topics it touches on right like if you're if you're unfamiliar of course near automata is a game from platinum games uh directed by yoko taro um it is an action rpg you play as 2b you got your friend 9s all this stuff right 
And the gameplay of it is essentially a like a hacker slash action game with also shoot 'em up elements that work together so well in the gameplay of it. But then like also like the the way in which they they take that and feed it into the rest of the game. Like at a certain point you're playing a oh actually I don't want to spoil anything in, in, in near automata, <laughs> but there 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 are hacking mini games that you play in the game that like seem like they should be like mini games you know but they're core to what the experience of the game is like they're you're taking like the the actual shoot 'em up elements of the game work so core to what the game is um and it's 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 great in that way but outside of that right like the story the characters the way in which they talk about um like what it means to be human the way in which they 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 human. talk about what it means to be sentient the the ways in which they tackle that, like as to be a nine S, right? You like arrive on Earth and you're basically given a, a mission from the the humans uh, to like go and retake Earth. And the whole thing is that like Earth has been taken over by robots, and all these robots are basically like these they're, they're these these faceless like like blank slate looking creatures that are actually kind of cute. Um, but the whole thing is like as you play the game, and and this isn't spoilers. This is like something you kind of realize early on is that like they've been developing humanity and developing um emotions and kind of growing and kind of learning to feel the same things that humans feel right and the game kind of the game snowballs from there into like one of the most like magnificent narratives that i've experienced in the game like i know i know i'm I'm talking in like grand statements without giving like crazy amounts of detail but well, yeah, a lot i understand of it, though you don't want to spoil it no i understand i don't yeah i definitely yeah. don't want to spoil it and a lot of it is kind of just ex- experiencing what the game is um outside of just the story moments and the narrative like what like i said the gameplay is awesome but then also the soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks i've ever heard in my life like it's it's a lot of it's 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 just great it's it, they it's just great i'm not i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna get into it but it's excellent um visual, visually the game is awesome like Nier Automata is a game that I recommend anybody play. And so. Okay. That's your pick. Wow. 2017 Nier Automata. And so that's, the, God, this is fucking really rough. Cause you look at this and I'm like, the g- games that jump out to me, right? For PlayStation's greatest hits, 10 episodes, we're talking about the segment of our PlayStation game of the year for each year of the decade. Obviously, Horizon. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I, 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 like it's one of those where I'm like doing like the the awards ballot where I nominate something and then like but I don't think it would win. So I like even getting that rid of that shit, I would say Horizon Persona, Fortnite, right? And mm-hmm. I because I had on here before Resident Evil and Uncharted Lost Legacy, which I wouldn't say are the game of the year for that year, but were great games. And I know how much people really love Lost Legacy. I didn't connect with yeah, it as much as the main. I really like Lost Legacy. Resident Evil Seven, I think, can't be understated how good that game is in PlayStation VR. But then you're down to Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and Fortnite. I think, personally, I... Fuck. Oh, God. You Part know what, what I mean? Part of what makes this, this interesting is that, like, the segment is called PlayStation's... I know. Games, that's what's which fucking I, me up. Which I think backs us into a corner. Because I, I realized, like, the last... I think the last time we did this, right, I picked Overwatch and you picked Uncharted 4. And a lot of people yeah. were mad that I picked Overwatch. And, like, I think with the name of the segment being PlayStation's Greatest Hits, like... I get why you would say that like Uncharted 4 is a PlayStation greatest hits over Overwatch. And see but that blessing I, I think of this as game of the year. That blessing you well, we call the PlayStation's greatest hits. We said, you know, we said what is the PlayStation game of the year? Mm-hmm. 
And I know to so many people that probably means, well, it's just the game of the year. But if somebody who worked at fucking IGN had to argue all the time and have different picks on different things, like it, it, it does color the conversation to where I sit here, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and Fortnite. And I'm like, my gut, it, my head says Fortnite because Fortnite changed video games. Fortnite is one of the greatest success stories of video games. And we continue to see the fucking ripples on the pond from the explosion of that game uh from it becoming the biggest thing in the world it changed streaming it, it i mean there's a whole reason epic started you know paying developers more than started the epic game store and has crazy things like yeah Fortnite has literally changed the course of the video game industry is it game of the year i've said uh, you know, we did that uh, episode of the games cast where it was like name you know what are 10 out of 10s to you and i said Fortnite because i think Fortnite is as good at being Fortnite as it could be not you know what i mean obviously there's a million mm-hmm. different interpretations of the 10 out of 10 and yada 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 but to sit here for playstation's greatest hits for playstation game of the year i'm gonna fucking say Fortnite. i can't fucking do it i, I mean can't it sounds like it. the answer is near automata i'm throwing that word out of my so now it's down to horizon zero dawn and it's persona 5 everyone knows i have a long story history with persona 5 <laughs> i loved persona 4 golden obviously i loved persona 5 for the 35 hours i played of it and then stopped playing it because i had to go play other things i think <sighs> playstation 10 episodes where we have the second time on our PlayStation game. It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. It's Horizon Zero Dawn, ladies and gentlemen. A game I would recommend to anyone. I wouldn't say, do you like JRPGs? I wouldn't say, do you like running around shooting people for 99 players? <laughs> I would say Horizon Zero Dawn succeeds as an open world action RPG. I think it, it succeeds on a story. It succeeds as a visual showcase. It succeeds as graphics. It succeeds as a fucking goddamn grand slam for Gorilla, uh, a company that in the Sony first party stable was overlooked by so many, un- and understandably so in the way that like, I don't care about first person shooters, so I don't care about kill zone. Kill zones all start to blur together at some point, so whatever. Naughty Dog is making amazing shit over here. I think you look at Horizon and you see playstation really solidifying what it means to be a playstation first party where i think for the longest time naughty dog ran ahead with that flag of playstation first party and like we are making uncharted we are making last of us we are making single player narrative games that are fucking rad and then you saw you know horizon run with that you eventually see god of war run with that right like you see the face of what we think of as exclusive playstation game change and i think horizon's a big part of that not to mention aoe's awesome ashley's awesome Horizon Zero Dawn is the right answer. Get this near automata bullshit out of here. Talking about your cute humans you love and robot people, all right? They're cute robots and human people. <laughs> I'm yeah. a cute robot person. <laughs> it's a fantastic no. game. Everybody should play it. Um, let's get... I want to save trophies and chill. We're going to toss to the, the trophy question, right, that we have here. We're going to toss to the post-show bless. Because that's right. where we'll keep our trophy talk today. And then Sounds we will do, of course, the PSN profile of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you can, of course, write in to patreon.com slash games or Patreon, no, kindoffunny.com slash Patreon for a quicker way. Uh, you can ask us questions. You can get the show ad free. You can get the post show we do here. You can, of course, watch live just like Levistar, Demetrius Newell, the Naughty Biscotti, all are right now. Uh, but you can also submit your uh, PSN profile for judgment so we can look through your games and see what is going on in your life. Uh, today's comes from Alex. Alex writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can. It says, Hey, Greg and Bless, I'm submitting my PSN profile for review because kind of funny recently helped me get not one but two platinum trophies. First, Whoa. 
First, the pride of Long Island himself gave me my 50th Platinum Trophy as I locked down those A ranks in Twin Breakers. Then, a successful squad up that Greg read out for me led to two kind of funny heroes helping me get those last few multiplayer trophies in Doom Eternal for Platinum number 51. Shuhei has truly shined his light upon me in these dark times. So we are looking at APW5029. This is Alex's profile. Of course, we are using psnprofiles.com, an amazing website you should uh, subscribe to and log into and do all that. Now, the first thing that jumps out at me here, Bless, is Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Zero of 60 trophies. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Because he, he apparently... That means he, he booted it up and was like, never mind. Peace out. But you put it in. Yeah. Alex, and then you went, you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to play a retro, a retro 2033 Redux. And then you, you got one trophy there, and you I said, you know what? No, I'm going to go play Metro Exodus. And you got four trophies there. <laughs> you got to make up your goddamn mind, Alex. All right? Get in there and get it done. He was playing Dirt Rally for two seconds and jumped out of that. 55% in Crash Team Racing. All right. 45% uh, in Amplitude. A Platinum Trophy in Celeste, which I'm always impressed with because Celeste Ooh. is no joke. Oh, fuck. You know, so yeah, Doom Eternal, Twin Breaker, and then Blood Roots. He got all 34 oh. Blood Roots is no joke in terms of trophies there either. Yeah, that's know, awesome. Because I love Blood Roots, but I, there was a couple in there. Now, granted, I haven't gone back to look at it, but there was some in there that were like win certain things. I'm scrolling through them now. Oh, finish any any level in Act 2 in under 3.5 minutes. I was like, you know what? Oh, here, get a, a score greater than 1 million. Granted, I played this pre-release and haven't seen trophy guides for it. Maybe now there is a, oh, just do this and do that. And you're done, but whatever. Pat upon remastered, 44%. Respectable, I'll take it. Now, you got all these Uncharted started, too. You got the Platinum in Uncharted, uh, Drake's Fortune remastered. It only took you four years and three months. <laughs> but then you, all, you started Uncharted 2, you started Uncharted 3, Alex. You got to get back there. You've got one trophy in Monster Energy Supercross. You love to see it. God, nine trophies in The Last of Us. What a terrible trophy list. Nine trophies in The Last of Us? I hope Neil Druckmann just can't sleep at night. You know what I mean? He's like, ah, oh, man, did we, we screwed up in that. Platinum in Control. Platinum in Fallen Order. Very, very nice. Virginia Platinum. Love it. Ukulele in the Impossible Layer. Tro platinum trophy. Like that a lot, too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. Tennis World Tour. 14 of 30 trophies. Interesting. 2064 read-only memories. Zero of 65. Another boot up. and like, oh, fuck no. I'm out of here. <laughs> You got I your get it profile. though. I'd be doing that sometimes. Oh, dude, no, you can look at my profile. Actually, I I just did it. All right. Usually, I get like one or two. Hold on, Alex. These are great. I like where your head's at. I like what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I have a couple in here that are recent too. Yeah, hyper parasite. I put in yesterday got seven percent. I was like, I get it. Not what I want to play. I'm out. Four percent in arise, but I'm I I say I'll get back to arise. Who the fuck knows if I ever will. The complex two, two of twenty-one trophies, six percent. I was like, remember, I was like, I still want to finish it. I look oh, at it yeah. all the time on my PSN folder or my uh, my uh, PS I love you folder, and I'm just like, do I, Dude, do I want to give, finish that story? You you should give blind men a shot. Like whether or well, not yeah, you actually want to experience the story, I want to give it all sorts of shots. Don't worry. But yeah, Bradley, you, they, uh, you just hook them into my veins. Don't worry about it. Alex got the transistor platinum. I like that. Spyro, Spyro two, Brilliant Men at Sea. I enjoyed that. Hmm. Castlevania Requiem, Symphony of the Night, and Rondo of Blood. All right, Alex. Congratulations on 50 and 51. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You XOXO. Remember, each and every Tuesday, you can get the show, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, podcast services around the globe. Uh, if you want to, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can kick us a few bucks, ask us questions, get the show ad free, get it early. You can watch us record it live. You can watch it later there with no ads, like I already said. You can get it with the post show that we're about to do. 
You get it a million different ways. Remember, you have even more homework now. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Answer our question for best friends talk back. What are the must-play JRPGs on PlayStation and why? If you have no bucks to toss our way in this trying time, I understand. I've already instructed Barrett to tweet from Kind of Funny Vids on Friday the question. You can get your answers in there as well. Blessing. Let me know. Greg. Let him know. It was fantastic uh, doing the show with you as always. Same I think you're an asset to, you. to this company. Thank uh, you. I think we should play more Fallout 76, maybe tonight. You know what I, I mean? agree. All right, good. Okay. I don't know about tonight. Okay, well then, fuck it. We'll never play it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we should definitely play Predator on Friday and see if the servers work. For sure. Okay, good. Uh, we had a post show to do. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.